Yo, what up, kid? Yo, what, what up, God? Son? Yeah, Godson. Uh, it's Bert. Yo, uh, yeah, this is uh, the Bert Cast with your host, Bert Kreischer. That is I. If you want to support Bert Kreischer, that is I. Go to BertBertBert.com. Get yourself a Bert Cast coffee mug. Take a picture of it. Send it to me. I will retweet it, favorite it, follow you. Uh, get a get a shirt, machine shirt, machine shirt, Bert Cash shirt. Get my book. Get my tour dates. I am on the road, hardcore coming up. Um, today's guest, and this one is a good one because it's funny, it's deep, it's provocative, and yeah, I even cry at some point in here. It's, but I'm a human, okay? He's my friend. He is absolutely hilarious. He's been on the podcast before. Stand up comedian. Shane Moss. This is the Yeah, that first that I, I listened to that one in New Zealand. Uh, with I listened to it in New Zealand with the people with the travelers. We passed me those headsets up there to make sure we're recording. You see the that little like silver rope right there? This? Yeah. And uh I listened to it with with the network, the <laughs> Uh, our tourism New Zealand, our fixer, and my two travelers. <laughs> and I, I listened to it because I, I laughed so hard on the first podcast we did. Yeah, yeah. If no one's listen, if you haven't listened to that first podcast, I go back. It is I it literally one of the more enjoyable podcasts I've done. Yeah, I just listened to it yesterday just so I wouldn't repeat myself or whatever. And I was like, man, this was a lot of fun. We had a fun conversation. It, it was a it was a lot of fun. I think my I, oh I see what's happening. I'm on the this mic. Okay, I'm like turning this one up. Going, why am I sounding so fucking loud? <laughs> I should put them on the exact same setting. All right. So, uh, how have you been, man? I've been uh, I've been wanting to show this to you. I thought about you a bunch <laughs> lately because uh, yeah, this is something we did. So I was like, oh fucking shame. This this is in Moab. This just got outlawed. I'll put it right here. It just got outlawed uh, two days ago. But this is what we did on Trip Flip. This girl's Kristen Hydebetter. Fuck yeah! (laughs) That's the Corona Arch Swing. Wow. Yeah. It just got outlawed? It just got outlawed, yeah. Like, the... Just got outlawed, like, the other day. Uh, <laughs> I I had a... Um, I have this this buddy of mine. He had some, like, woods in his backyard growing up, and they put up... Um, his dad put up, like, all this crap, including a rope swing. Really? Um, and it was, it was real high. Like, uh, I, I don't know, maybe... Maybe 50, 60 feet up or something. But his dad just climbed up a tree, like, with a rope in his yeah. mouth. <laughs> and, like, went over on a branch to tie it up. And he fell. He <laughs> fell the first time and, like, landed in some bushes or something, luckily. And, like, brushed himself up off, like, and just went and climbed up again. Do you know what the number one reason for falling out of trees is? <laughs> Confidence. <Snakes. laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I am hungover. 
No, it's snakes. Dude, I, I, I actually had a, uh, I had a glass of wine and like a beer last night, which I, I don't normally ever drink. I just yeah. like, uh, I, I, I just, um, since I got news, I needed another surgery, I, and I was home for the holidays, and it's like a saving. But it wasn't like I was partying at a club or whatever. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna blow off a little steam just so I'm not making everyone else's life miserable. Where are you but, staying out here? Um, well, I have a new place in Culver City, but I haven't, I just got back. I'm staying at my ex's place for a couple of days. All my stuff's still there and I'm, yeah. I'm moving, uh, into a new place in Culver City with some comics. Um, what comics do I know him? Uh, this dude Razzle and I actually don't know the other two comics. I haven't, uh, I haven't met them yet. I we lo- just got set up through a friend of a friend and I love and, that kind uh, of shit. I wish I, not, I don't wish it would be depressing if I went back to it now. You're like, oh yeah, Bert's family left him and now he's moving in with us. <laughs> but I, but I would love to go back to like moving in with a bunch of dudes and. I mean, I would like a place on my own, but it'll be good for me because, I mean, I mentioned this last time, I spend way too much time by myself, and yeah. and just I enjoy that too much, and I know it's just not good for me. Um, like, I just don't get out and socialize with people. And I, I that, socialize too much. I was talking to, have you talked to Paul Gilmartin? Do you know Paul Gilmartin? Um, I know the name. He does Wait, a podcast called Mental Illness Happy Hour Yeah, podcast. And he's very fucking real about like uh, anxiety or about depression and uh, and mental illness. Yeah. Um, and he was t- he said he said this the fucking smart not the smartest thing but like something that really registered because it's my wife is he's like I have a finite amount of uh, social energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have an infinite amount. I'm on the fucking exact opposite. Is I feel like I could talk forever. I, like that's why I, I panic sometimes when I go scuba diving. It's because I have no one to talk to, <laughs> so I just share the thoughts inside my head, and I'm just fucking losing my shit as I just carry on paragraph conversations with myself. And I'm like, "But my brain, stop talking." But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's. I just t- got done talking with a, um, a scientist on, on one of my podcasts. I think this. Yeah, how's your podcast going? Out. It's going good. I'm getting great guests, and they're they're really. I I don't. Uh, I haven't even seen um, the numbers yet. I just released it on Thanksgiving, and I expect it'll take a little while to get some traction. But I got like this dude Dan Ariely, who's like as far as scientists goes he's like as big as you can get just till he has like seventy thousand twitter followers and really? so which like no scientist has that um and I, i've gotten some really awesome guests but i was talking to this one guy and and he ran an experiment about talking with strangers and he and he had people um uh, that would commute on a train every day to work and he had them um, uh, one group would just do what they normally did one group would um would just sit by themselves and another group was supposed to make an effort and go and strike up a conversation with a stranger and they'd ask people ahead of time which would you prefer to do and everyone would be like i prefer to just sit by myself and then uh, they evaluated them afterwards on like all sorts of wellness things and every and everyone um had made like kind of a, a very positive psychological improvement that had talked with a stranger forced themselves to be social really? and communicate so so yeah i mean we are we're wired to be social uh creature i think it just comes a little more naturally to some people um than like, others i feel like i start conversations with strangers on airplanes sometimes like i'm definitely that guy i'm so scared of that and and like someone starts talking to me and i'm like man i 
I'm a worry. I like really. Yeah, I, I, I'm like I don't know if I. I, I mean, sometimes. I I don't know. Maybe I'm too hard on people or something. But I'm like, man, I don't I don't really want to know anything about this person. I I just I, don't, I it sounds I sound like a prick now that coming out. I like I have I just live like in my own world all yeah. of the time, like in my imagination, and I'm just I'm way too comfortable there. And uh, the, I know what you're saying I live in my imagination, I, but I've gotten I don't know what this. I don't know what this is. I think it might be uh, part manic manic behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, lately especially, I can get weird as fuck in this man cave. Like I Just by yourself, you mean? Totally by myself. Yeah. Fucking bottle of wine. Oh, yeah, say? man. I can get weird as fuck. And, like, I... It scares me sometimes because I'm like, it's really untethered. Like, if my kids walked out, I think they'd be like, Mom! Like not like it, naked and yeah, 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 but just like dancing and lifting weights and oh and man, craziness. I think that's so good for you. I mean, I probably do that stuff too much, but I I think that um, I think we have this inherent drive to like share and advertise ourselves yeah. um so much and and like. It, you, you know, you you travel all the time and go off and do these amazing um, experiences, and and there's just this inherent drive to be like, if you're by yourself, be like, oh, this is fun. I wish I was with someone else right now. I wish yeah. I could share this with someone else. But why why can't you just have that to yourself I and could not never share? share I could never share those. Mo- I mean, like like I I'm trying. I'll try to put it. I actually have video of it from last night. Because I was like, I was like, I should document this for me for one day. Yeah. Because like, but like, I, like, just fucking dancing to Taylor Swift and like getting on the treadmill, lifting weights, and like got the fucking GoPro and I'm lifting weights <laughs> in tune to her, and it's real crazy. You know what really set it off was uh, there was a movie called CBGBs. Yeah. And it's about the the place CBGBs, but it's it's all got some great old music. Like old, like the fucking Talking Heads and 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 uh, st- uh, the Police, and I was one night I was on malaria medicine and I couldn't sleep, and I just was like, I was like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna just open a bottle. It's like three in the morning. I'm out here because I, I snore, so I came out here to, so Leanne could sleep. I opened a bottle of wine and I just started fucking, literally just coming undone, and I was like. This is so freeing. I think, you know, I'm outside. It's cold as shit. I got a cigar going. I got a glass of wine. And I'm just like, I was like, I, and the start, sun starts coming up. And I'm like, all right, I got to pull this shit together. Because kids are going to start waking yeah, up. Yeah. So I walk in the house and, and Leanne's just like, oh, when did you get up? And I was like, a little bit ago. I was like, yeah. I was like, who wants donuts? And they're like, I do. And I was like, I'll be back. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that, that to me sounds so great. That seems so healthy. Hey, I, I, I mean, I, I guess... Hey, I'm I'm a little worried about sounding crazy sometimes when I when I talk like this to people. But but um, like I did um, I did the the last couple times that I did mushrooms that that were like really fulfilling experiences. I, I've had I do mushrooms like maybe twice a year, yeah. and um, and I've I've had some with friends. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time and everything. But then the last two New Years, not this last one, but the the two before that, I was by myself and I ate mushrooms and just like thought about my year, um, and then thought about my year going forward. And I just had like all these like really weird like 
kind of beautiful moments with myself and kind of lost myself and got swept up in, and, and, and you can't, sometimes you can't do that with other people. You can't just follow every yeah. like little emotional state of yours, you know? And, um, even, and, even with someone like Leanne, who's my soulmate, I, mean, I love her to death. I can't, I can't show her all side. I, there's parts of me that I, I only share with myself. Yeah. It's almost like a, a reunion. You know, like you 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 get to like a hotel room, and, or and you just like you're like, you know what? I'm not tired. I, I I could never I could never come undone on mushrooms because I felt like the once I came undone, I'd lose my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that's the fear that a lot of people have, and uh, I, I think it's probably unwarranted, but I understand it um, completely. That is the feeling, like, oh no, what if I'm stuck like this? Yeah, what if forever? I can't come back from this? Like, yeah. This like spin out, like yeah, yeah. Because the spin out is the beautiful part. Yeah, yeah. Like it really is. Oh, I had this moment where so since I since I started um, smoking DMT, I now sometimes go into that DMT world when I'm on mushrooms for like just ten minutes. When I'm peaking, I'll, all of a sudden I'll be like, "Oh, what the fuck!" <laughs> like I, I like this is like too much. I get pulled I didn't pay into for it. This, <laughs> yeah. And um, and I had this moment. Um, this is, and this is like actually very embarrassing, um, to share about myself, but you know, what the hell? Um, I had this moment where like, you ever, it, I, I don't know what you're like when, when you, when I write jokes, um, I'll often kind of anticipate the audience's reaction in my head. Like I kind of picture myself saying this in front of an audience. And when I'm like really excited about this great new idea, sometimes it's like people are going wild. They're going crazy. This is the best joke. They ever, you know, this is very embarrassing to share about myself, but no. this is, it's a true, uh, th- and, and that's like, I get so excited about it. It's, um, and, and it's, and nothing will ever live up to that. <laughs> like no yeah. audience is ever going to appreciate anything I, uh, as much as I just uh, like appreciated it myself. Like in that moment, that yeah. just like that like epiphany kind of moment it might turn out to be a shit joke. You know, you yeah. don't know. But but I I was I was tripping. And I was doing. I was writing all these jokes, and some of it pretty good. And then I thought I, I don't remember what it was, but I thought what was like at the time. And when you're on mushrooms, everything seems like so much, so profound and important. And, you know, and, oh, I got to hold on to this feeling and everything's connected. And then later on, you come back, it's like, oh, yeah, well, that wasn't as big of a deal as yeah. I may, which is really a metaphor for life, I, I feel like. What do you I, mean? I think we, we sometimes make a, a, way too much about everything. Yeah, I, and, I, know, and I know I do. Make far too many connections about everything. Well, I had, and this is going to be, uh, this is like the part where I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a bit vulnerable here and share an embarrassing uh, bit about myself. So I, um, I had this moment where I wrote this joke and I started just, I was by myself and I just started laughing my face off and it was like, I don't remember what it was, but I know it was like, this is going to be the closer. It was going to pull everything together and yeah. it was funny and going to have this important message. And, and it was like 
so good at the time in my mind. I don't even think I ever tried the joke. I don't remember what it was. But at the time, it was like I almost started crying. This is how yeah. good, like, this creation that I just had. And and then I, I pictured, like, a, you know, a normal comedy club audience, like, uh, you know, laughing, going crazy. And then they're, like, giving me a standing ovation. And, I, like, I'm picturing it, right? Yeah. And, then it, and then it's, like, a bigger room. And then it's, like, a theater. And then I'm in, like, the stadium. And, like, people are going crazy crazy right and and again this is like it's so delusional and crazy but but then what happened was i noticed that the audience was all like uh this green um like matrixy kind of yeah. people yeah. and and i was like well what are these people like I'm, I'm going to zoom in on them a little more and i zoomed in a little bit more and i saw that um each of the people was me it was actually me, like, uh, clapping for myself and giving myself validation. And I just realized, like, this is why I do this for these moments like like this. Like, yeah. I don't need uh, I, all this stuff. I've been trying to, like, impress other people and, and everything and prove things to other people. And really what I've been doing is trying to prove um, Something to myself yourself. worth to myself. And it That's was not just, embarrassing at all. That's fucking beautiful. Yeah, it was just this beautiful moment now that I, I had. Now I feel like I've never really done mushrooms. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> now I feel like I've never really done yeah, mushrooms. Yeah, you know. Because I've never had that. Like, all mine was, like, I talked to a tree one time. Yeah. Because I thought there was this tree, and I, did, and I was, like, outside uh, outside my buddy PJ and Chandler and uh, Obi. I think Obi lived there. PJ and Chandler lived there, definitely. We were outside their place, and, uh, and all of a sudden I noticed I noticed this tree, like I really noticed it, and I was yeah. like, "I was like, hey man, I I see you all the time, and I don't ever talk to you, and I just walk past you." Yeah, I really apologize, and the tree was kind of communicating with me, and then I noticed the tree had a clitoris, and I was like, "I was like, <laughs> shit, you're a female," because it was like it was like a just just definitive. And if anyone's yeah. in Tallahassee, I wish I could fucking tell you exactly where this tree is. You can go find it, but there's a it had like a an opening, a vagina opening, and then a and then a, a knob at the top of it, and I was like, "Oh my god, you're a chick!" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh," and then I and then yeah. someone's like, "Who the fuck are you talking to?" I was like, "Nothing." I mean, that doesn't sound crazy to me. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a little crazy, but it's like okay to lose yourself and be crazy like yeah. that. I have a plant in Salt Lake City that if I'm in Salt Lake City, I'll go and visit it because I saw mushrooms <laughs> and I just had this fucking weird connection with this plant. It's like I'd never seen anything like it before. It was like I knew everything about it. Like it just had this personality and like I understood it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll go and visit that, but I know right where it is. <laughs> I, that's I uh, I used to have these uh there's a little there's one that we used to in this backyard there used to be a chain link fence uh up against that that building and I, I instead of removing the chain link fence like a fucking idiot I just said oh I'll just plant uh um jasmine I'm going to I'm going to go back two steps but like so I dated Leanne for a while and, yeah. and then we did it for like 4 months and then she dumped me Tell me because I was I was not ready to grow up, and I and I was and there was a lot of things that I wasn't doing. And number one was I was allergic to cats, so I would never spend the night at her house. Mm. And so she made me start taking. She didn't make me. The one of the things she was like, I don't want to have to sleep at your house every night, and I do have a cat. And what if we do take it to the next level? Are we never going to be around my cat? 
And I was like, okay. So when we got back together, I reevaluated what I wanted out of life, and it was definitely her. And I was like, all right, if I want her, I want, I want this cat too. Yeah. So I went and got allergy medicine. I have had allergies my entire life. My entire life, I just dealt with it. I've never, it's, it's like someone goes, How, you're allergic to grass? How do you deal with it? You go, you know what? If you do, if you are, you just really, it's like a blind person going, I don't know. I was fucking, it's fine. I get, I get through it. Are you a clean freak by chance? Not no. at all. Yeah, that's why I mean yeah. you don't strike me as someone. But sometimes no. a lot of clean freaks get allergies, and there's some. Oh no, no, no. I was because I wasn't that. breastfed because my mom was racist. Uh, um, that's I, that's theory. The theory. This, by the way, my mom isn't racist, but the theory about breastfeeding has to do with is inherent to racism. I believe. Hmm. Um, now I'm getting off on way too many tangents. I love the, it. The Catholic Church didn't. Thought breastfeeding was a moral mortal sin uh, back in the back in the day back and yeah. so um, even my grandmother my grandmother used to go into the Bronx and get breast milk from Puerto Rican women and bring it and feed it to my dad. That's amazing. Yeah. My mom, I I just found out my mom was born prematurely. Um, my mom's um, uh, what is she like fifty seven or something like that now? My mom was born prematurely. And my grandparents, like, they took her, put her in, like, an incubator or, or whatever, which turns yep. out that shit is horrible for development. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, maybe I could tell, tell you all this science stuff about it if you want. It'd be a lot to get into. Um, I'll just but, take your word for it. Uh, well, <laughs> no, 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 no. We no I'm can... being serious. I don't, like, you're right. It would, I, would be, I would be lost. And halfway through, I'd go... Was I in an incubator? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just has to do with like the, this oxytocin, this bonding um, yeah. hormones, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know enough about it, but um, but there there seems to be some like pretty um, like have you ever heard of um, um, the the cloth mother the the they did this experiment way back when because. The thing was, is that back then, scientists were like, like, this is in journals, they'd be like, don't coddle your kids. Like, it just makes them soft and worthless and whatnot. That's so funny. Bill Burr has a joke about not getting hugs from his dad because his dad thought it would make him gay. I just watched that uh, last night, I think. I just watched that last night. It Uh, is my favorite hour special I've listened to in a fucking long time. You know, he really did a nice job of doing like some fantastic, like dramatic acting, sort of. When he talks about the... When he talks about the... By the way, we are all over the map like we have ADD, but I don't care. I don't Um, care. well, Well, when he talks about... When he talks to his adopted kid about the adopted warrior kid he's got you have a piece of paper i can write on uh can i use that no no that one's for isla Uh, that one's uh, here i got um uh screw it i don't i was just gonna make notes about our uh uh, all the various things don't worry about it it. we'll just keep going okay yeah people right now someone's like i just i'm I'm along for the fucking ride Yeah, yeah um when he does this when he does the scene and he sits and talks to the uh, the the day laborer child he's adopted about the warrior child he's adopted. Do you remember? You know, when yeah, he goes, when he yeah, goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah, to yeah. bed, clean your room. No, you don't. No, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. And he's like, listen, I don't know why we he does it. <laughs> yeah. He sleeps in the, the fucking the boy bushes. soldier. <laughs> the boy soldier. He sleeps in the bushes. No, no, we're not talking about you. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> he scares me too. I don't. Have, I fucking. I was howling. I was on the treadmill. I like to have a bottle of wine or a beer and get on the treadmill at night. Like it's how I wrap up my night. And I try to get to like, 
Like, I, I'll try. I, I'll tell you this much. I watched the whole fucking special. I think I walked 12 miles last night. That's awesome. And I, I was howling, laughing. It, it is very good. The best bit of. I wanted to. I wanted to like call him, but it was fucking late. Late. I called Segura instead. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say, "You've taken what people have assumed is a worthless part of stand up." People think stand up. A lot of people purists are like, "Stand up should just be the words. Let it be the words. Don't act it out." Yeah. His acting it out made it so real. It made me want to take life. acting classes. It made, it made me because I've never been interested in acting. Yeah. But like watching that, it was like, man, that can add so much. It was. To- it was an amazing hour special. I mean, starting with the fucking apologies and the Duck Dynasty, Paula Dean and the Lake and the Clippers owner. Yeah, is his and I hate 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 pop culture stuff, and yeah. I still very much enjoyed all of that. That's and so funny. Just, yeah, it was. I great. love that special. I was really even the black and white. I was like at first when I saw black and white, I was like black and white, really? Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't even give a fuck. Yeah, I almost like that it's black and white. It's got texture to it. Now it's, I don't feel like it. It doesn't look like every other hour special. Right. You know, like I was one of my regrets about my hour special is that I actually wore the exact same thing that Jim Brewer and Chris Titus wore on their special. Like we <laughs> all wore a, the exact same clothes. That's something that like only you <laughs> will notice. It, that that's um you know the same guy that did the social experiment on the train that I was just talking yeah. about. He did a really awesome experiment um, that that's all about how we um, we tend to think others are paying more attention to us than they actually are, and and how they tested this was they had a bunch of people come in for um, you know what was seemingly just some filling out some surveys or whatever, yeah. and and but that really had nothing to do with with what they were actually studying. And um, they had they pulled someone else aside. Why, okay, why isn't these types of shit TV shows? Keep going. But like, I fucking do you remember the do you remember the one where they made the people hit the buzzer and they would hurt the person, but they weren't really hurting the person, and they're finding out which. God damn it! I wish I was smarter. You know, do you remember the, like in college they showed you about the thing in the '60s where they brought everyone oh yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. And they buzzed it. Yeah, keep yeah. going, keep going, keep going. Tell me your things. I want to know about that. But I love this shit. I love these social experiments. Yeah, I mean uh, that's what I'm trying to you know pitch stuff like this eventually. But um, but uh, so so they had this guy. They brought him aside and they had him wear a shirt that was just Barry Manilow's face. On the shirt, because science has determined that everyone's embarrassed by Barry Manilow. <laughs> like, just everybody. And, so, and then they had this guy go in and, and with everyone else and fill out these surveys and everything. And then they ask him afterwards, you know, how many people do you think um, noticed you and noticed your shirt? And he's like, well, everybody, because I'm wearing a goddamn barry manilow's <laughs> face on yeah. my shirt and then and but then they ask all of the people you know did you notice anyone with an odd shirt maybe a couple people would be like oh yeah i noticed some guy with an odd shirt had a face on it or something maybe that was like a couple people out of a hundred everyone else is like and and those people couldn't tell you who was on the shirt they couldn't give you a description you of that serious? person and so yeah we just tend to you, you know, you you say a word incorrectly, and they're like, "Oh fuck, I gotta go back, and I gotta correct myself." And sorry, I'm stupid. And like, no one noticed. You know, no nobody nobody cares that much. It um, would be it would be great 
to do to for you if uh, you're smarter than me, so you can come up with it. But to do a show like that that dispels, especially that dispels all these um, these take to task judgment calls that America seems to do. Like when when um, Paula Dean says, "Yeah, 33 years ago I said the N word," and America goes, "That does it. She's dead to us." Yeah, it would be great to do a show. Where where people sign off and then they come in and then they show they who they really are on accident, just like you said, uh, everyone thinks they're doing one thing, right. but in fact, this is not a study about that. It's a study about how much we think about ourselves and then reveal that and then have people go, literally go, I'm a good person. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that I did that to midgets. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> uh, and so, like, it would be interesting to do a show like that. Uh, I would. I would fucking yeah. You said last time I should uh, follow follow you around and break down scientifically like why you're doing certain behavior. I do that. That's, in a I mean, that's the sort of uh, that's uh, I would love to do something like that. Um, oh, and and back to um, back to babies. Uh, oh yeah, needing, incubators. Um, Oxto- Your mom was in an incubator. So so yeah. So they there there's this. Um, I I can't believe it. my brain's just not working well enough, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, this isn't going to be on the test. Um, so the this guy a while back wanted to disprove this belief that like you don't you don't coddle children, you don't hold them for too long, you know. Yeah. And this is in like all these medical journals back in like starting in 1920 or so. This is just the way things were for a very long time, and um, and then and so he he would take a monkey. And he would uh, like a baby monkey, and he would have like these wire um, called them mothers, but just like a shitty representation of a monkey. And one would just have a bottle. That's it. It would just be this wire mother with a bottle. And science believed back then that the parenting was just about you know feed the baby. Uh, yeah. You know, it was just this practical thing. You don't need to cuddle them or anything. And then the other monkey was just f- fur. Um, that's it. it. Didn't have any food or anything, and that uh, and the monkey always preferred the cloth mother. Um, and and there's all these and they've researched it in the meantime, and there's like all these uh, hormonal exchanges and everything, and 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 you can scare the monkey and it will run to the cloth mother and everything, and there's just more of an attachment there. Like it needs needs to be rubbed and everything. So they found out like they they took babies in incubators way back when, and they started like petting them. Basically, yeah. the scientists started uh, like petting um, children, and then they checked in on them like thirty years later, and and the kids that had been like pet and everything, um, and had actual physical contact while in the incubator had way way less problems that were doing just much better for themselves and everything else. Just this is thirty years later, yeah. So this is an amazing this effect that can have. Well, my my mom. It was in an incubator, and my grandparents just left. They, like, went back to their farm or whatever, and they're like, yeah, just write us a letter when she's, like, okay and ready. To, Holy shit. Like, that was a, just a different world back then. Just write us a letter when we're ready to pick her up. Yeah, yeah. They, my grandma doesn't even understand what's wrong. She's like, well, I wrote letters to, like, check in and see how she was doing. And Holy shit. Like that. This is their first child, too. Yeah. I wonder if I was held. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm. I, if you asked my daughters, yeah, is your dad affectionate? They'd be like aggressively. Yeah, yeah. like I am. Good. I am a big 
Like, I first thing I do when I wake up is I yell, Georgia, Isla, get in this room. And I make them hug me. Yeah, I make yeah. them get in bed and cuddle with me. I go, what's mom doing? Like, it's, it's, and I, like I say, I'm yelling like I'm a monster. But it's because, you know, it's my door shut. I'm yelling like, everybody in here. And it's a, it's a fun. I'm loud. But I'm definitely a cuddler. I'm I'm like a I'm like a like George and I will, George and I will definitely sit on my lap and watch TV. Isla too. Isla's a very affectionate. Isla's very physical. Like she will, she'd rather jump on you and like with like and go in with the knee mm. than like you know talk to you. Yeah, she's yeah. very aggra- like a very aggressive child. <laughs> um. Yeah. That's. I mean. I I was just like I said I'm I'm crashing with um my ex April Macy for a couple of days and we had we got a dog together and so I don't get to see him very often and and he slept in my bed the last couple nights or whatever and just uh just having something because i've been on a break from after april and i broke up i was like i'm not gonna fucking deal with it. i've been in relationships for 11 years i just need some time by myself for a yeah. little while and I'll tell you, the number one thing that I miss more than anything, it's not sex, it's not like uh, talking and having conversation. it's just actually cuddling. And there's Touching just another person. hormonal exchange that you aren't consciously aware you can't, of. And- you can't really touch people that much. I'm, down, I'm fucking calling my dad to find out if I was cuddled. Because I don't, like, because <laughs> I have issues with, I have issues with, um, um, Everyone go to Doug Benson's uh, Doug Loves Minis. Uh, I will be leaving. I don't. I'm probably releasing this sooner as opposed to later. But I'm. I will have left uh, my dreams on his podcast. I, I've been. I dream very aggressively. Like, <laughs> like, like. I mean, I. I don't know. I really enjoy it because it is a disconnect to everything in life, and I. And it is pure artistic creativity, in my opinion. And I've had some dreams that are absolutely epic i mean i had a dream so you keep like a dream journal or anything i've I've been meaning to because apparently that's like the first step toward like doing lucid dreaming oh i lucid dream i lucid you lucid dream i want a lucid dream i lucid dream i lucid dream so much i had a dream one time that i was on a photo shoot for travel channel yeah and i'm sitting on and i was like and and i was on the road so i'd been away from my family in a while and i'm like and they're telling me to do this. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. In my head, I was like, this is a dream. I was like, I don't need to be here. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go see my family. I miss them. So I go, guys, I'll be right back. And I walked out the front and I was on Melrose. And I was like, ooh, I can fly if it's a dream. So I went, fuck it. And so I jumped up and I started flying. And I'm flying over the hills. And I'm looking over the Hollywood Hills the same way you'd look like on Google Maps. And I'm like, wait, I am fucking lost as shit. Where's Laurel Canyon? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. And then I get lost flying around. I'm like, God damn it. Is that, that's Topanga Canyon. And I'm like, fuck. And then I got lost in the dream because it is a dream. I don't have complete total control. I got to call my dad and find out I've been, I was cuddled. Um, but I had a dream. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this dream. I'll tell you this dream. I haven't really told anyone about it because it's a little personal, but it's a pretty fucking, it's, it'll, it'll express to you how fucking, intense my dreaming is come on dad answer the phone hello hey hey bud how are you making out i'm doing good hey when i was a kid did you guys like a baby did you guys cuddle me a lot and like hug me yep. and what all the time all, all the, time? the time really yeah yep and didn't didn't wait didn't nana say that that was bad 
So that was uh, mom's mom. Mom's mom, yeah, mom's mom. Didn't yeah. she? She said yeah, that I was. Told her to fuck off. <laughs> 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 All right, I'll call you later. I love you. Yeah, enjoy the broadcast, everybody. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I have a dream. Telling someone your dreams is like it, everyone is pointless, but it's a pretty. I'm interested. Intense, it's a pretty intense dream. So, um, I have. I have celebrities are in my dream very often. Very often I have celebrities in my dream. Or like, uh, so I had a dream that I'm walking out of a bar at Tallahassee with Jason Biggs uh-huh. from American Pie and his wife, Jenny Molin. Uh, the, I know my sister's best friends with Jenny's sister. That's mm. how I know Jenny. That's how I know Jason. Um, I don't really know Jason. I just met him at my sister's wedding. But I, like, he's a nice guy. I, I met him very shortly, but I don't know him. Um, but I know Jenny. Uh, di- didn't he just piss on uh, Ch- um, Chelsea Handler? He pissed on her. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Urinated on her. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Really? Did you see the video of that? No. Yeah, they were like out. They were out like uh, on a boat and like swimming around and stuff. No. And then uh, am I thinking of the same? Person? I mean, it I is. So. It, uh, Jenny and, and, and Chelsea the- are good friends. Yeah, yeah. And the, and and she's like swimming in the ocean, and he's like on the boat. And he just decided to just piss on her. He just like pissed on her. I face. really like him. He's he is a he is a what an awesome thing. To do. <laughs> he is a real awesome like uh, like uh, he is a, he is he. I think he is a very div- even though he doesn't do stand up. I think he's got a comic spirit. Yeah. Um. So I have a dream that I'm walking out of a Florida State bar, like FSU bar, with them, and they ask me if I want to get high, mm. and I'm like, okay. And dreams, I always do drugs, and so we smoke a joint. We get really high. We get in their car, and their baby is in the back seat. They have a baby. Their baby's in the back seat. I go, "Your baby's here," and they're like, uh, "They're like, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry. He's really young." And then he, and then the baby says to me, "They get high a lot around me." And I go, "Did you just talk to me?" And he goes, "You can hear me." I was like, "Yeah." I I go, "Wait, can they hear you?" And they're like, "Who are you talking to?" I was like. And he's like, no, no one can hear me. I've, I've been talking, and no one can fucking hear me. And he's like, you can hear me? And I go, yes. And he's like, oh, my God. And then we start talking. Halfway through the conversation, I go, Are, I'm not going to – stop me if I say his name. My best – one of my – my best friend killed himself like uh, six months ago. Ugh. And I go – I go um, – Jesus. I'm sorry, I, man. I go, let's let's, let's – I don't want to say his name. So he would never want anyone to know that. But let's just call him, uh, let's call him, let's call him, uh, let's call him Lucy. Right. Just fucking Lucy. I don't yeah, know, yeah. I'm just trying to think of a name that's very far from his. So I go, wait, I go, are you Lucy? And he goes, how do you know? I go, well, you sound like him. And I go, and he goes, Bert? I go, what the fuck are you doing? And he goes, holy shit, man. Like, what the fuck? And, and that, at that, the car stops and they're like, we're here. And I go, hey, can I babysit for you guys? And they're like, they're like, sure. I go any night. Just let me know. I'd love to babysit. And they're like, great. So they it, automatically. I cut to in the dream. I smash cut to me in uh, their house. It's like a sunken living room. And they're like, all right, thank you. And I was like, all right, we'll see you guys later. And the, their baby is on the couch. And I'm like, hey, I'm back. And I can't hear him. And I was like, motherfucker. Hmm. So I go, it must be the pot. So I go into Jason's room. I grab pot. I smoke pot. I come back to the couch. I sit back down. And he goes, You're ba-. He goes, it's you? I said, it's you. And I go, Lucy. I was like, he was like, what the fuck happened, man? He's like, I fucking, 
I'm one night, I'm fucking drunk, I'm really fucked up in a hotel room, and then all of a sudden, I'm I'm out and I'm this baby. <laughs> and I go, you don't know? He goes, no. I go, dude, you, you killed yourself. And he goes, um, and by the way, if I get emotional, I apologize, but this no, is like, this was, uh, uh, this quite was natural. Really so I go, uh, you killed yourself. He goes, what? I go, yeah, man, you killed yourself. He's like, holy fuck. He's like, how? And I, t- I tell him, I go, you know, it's bad. It was really bad. And he's like, holy shit. He goes, oh, fuck. How's my brother doing? I go, this is not good. I go, not good at all. And I tell him how his brother's doing. And he goes, how's, you know, this son? I said, I don't really know, but I can't imagine. You know, the kids are resilient. And he's like, oh, my God, how are my parents? I go, they're I think they're worse than your brother, man. And he's like, oh, shit. You got to get my parents here so that I can apologize to them. And I said, okay. And he goes, please, please, please. I go, all right. So I dream cuts right away. His parents are walking in. Now, hopefully his parents never hear this, because, but I don't, it's my processing. But his parents walk in and I like, in my head, I'm like, I got to get them high so they can talk to the baby. Right. You got to get high to talk to my, my buddy. So I put marijuana in the food, and we all sit at the table. We're sitting. If if in the dream we were sitting on the couch, which we were, and there were fun parts of the dream, by the way. I asked him, I go, what's breastfeeding like? He goes, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I was like, really? Because it's fucking great. And so, uh, but we go, and we're sitting in the same direction as, we're, me and the parents are sitting in the same direction as the couch was. I don't know why that's important. Small details always interest me. And so we're sitting there. Uh, it's me, the baby Lucy, to the right. His mom is next to me, and his dad's on the far side. And his mom is a ball buster, always been a ball buster, especially with me. Mm. Big, definite ball buster. I put marijuana on the food, and I start, um, and I we start eating, and the and I can tell everyone's getting a little high. And my buddy is like, "Can they hear me? Can they hear me?" I was like, "I don't know." And he's like, "Give me to my mom. Give me to my mom." And I was like, "So I give the baby. I go." Here you go. The, this, why don't you hold the baby? She's like, I don't want to hold the baby. I'm talking to Jason about his TV show. And I was like, no, but the baby wants you to hold him. And like, I don't want to hold the baby. And I can hear my buddy now. It's like, mom, mom, I'm so fucking sorry. I'm so sorry. And, and I'm listening to him say this in the dream. And I'm getting emotional as he's doing it. And he starts crying. The baby's crying. And I give the baby to the mom. And I go, just please take the baby. Oh my god, I'm gonna get emotional. I hope I don't. But uh, it's okay. She is. Then, I'm getting emotional just listening to it. She's holding the baby, and the baby's, and he's, and he's like, "Mom, I really messed up. I really messed up. I'm so, I'm so sorry." And the baby's crying, and I'm, I'm crying next to him, and his, and his mom, it just in this beautiful moment, just goes, "It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We all make mistakes." We all make mm. mistakes, and I love you. And you know, they apologize in the dream. And he goes to his dad, and his, and his dad holds baby, and they apologize to each other. And I wake up, and I'm hugging, sobbing, crying. I'm like sobbing, crying. Yeah. And my, my my wife comes in the room. Georgia comes in the room. She's like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "I was like, I don't, I don't know." Can I go bring your mom in. And Leanne comes in. She's like, "What?" I was like, "Is it the fucking most insane dream about?" my buddy and she's like what i tell the dream i'm still crying crying throughout the entire dream and she's like holy shit it's the only time my wife's ever been like i guess your dreams aren't bullshit (laughs) it's like you know but it was like that i mean that is 
<clears throat> indicative of the way I dream. It's this, it's this intense, overwhelming, full, encompassing interaction in my psyche that I come out of. And I didn't think I'd get emotional telling you that dream. No, but it's, it's like, inspiring. It's like, uh, and then, and then, I mean, you're really lucky. I, I don't, I don't get to have dream. My dreams are like so fleeting, and they're usually so. It's, it's like I'm being chased by the cops or something like that, yeah. or they're really boring, just a continuation of the day. And I have that, dreams. I have dreams that are like I, I definitely like. I had one dream about Elvis, where like five dudes, me and Elvis were partying, we ate pills, and we. I went back like I've, I've talked about it on stage, and and and. uh we're at a hotel and he passes out and I grab him and I take him to his room and as I open the door I see five dudes butt fucking uh, throwing up in Burger King cups <laughs> and I go I go what the fuck I shut the door and I look at Elvis and I go what the fuck's going on in your room and he just wakes up in like total lucid and goes it's your dream baby uh... and I fucking was like I was like holy shit I told Leanne Leanne doesn't dream my dad doesn't dream I call my I told my dad about a dream he goes one day I go I had a dream he goes what you still dream I go yeah I go, you don't dream he goes no I don't dream I'm a fucking man I go to sleep, I wake up, and then I fucking go to sleep again. He goes, what do you dream about, ponies and shit? I was like, yeah, sometimes. I've yeah. definitely had fucking pony dreams. You ever, when was the last time you had a wet dream? Oh, you know, um, I think it's been like uh, probably a couple years now. I, they uh, say you stopped. I fucking loved those when I was a kid. I've, ha- I've had them as an adult, definitely. I think I've had a lot more as an adult than when I was like going through puberty. And really? Yeah. I didn't really have that many when I was going through puberty. You know, I mean, I've been, uh, I'm glad you shared that because I, I've been getting much more, I've been thinking a lot more and I, and I don't know if it's just because I've been doing more psychedelics than usual. It's probably what it will sound like to the listeners anyway, but, um, but, uh, I I really want to start lucid dreaming and stuff more. Like everything that you said, like, like all of that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I mean, I think it's my understanding that dreams can happen for a lot of different things. Sometimes it's like processing information in a yeah. way of like uh, the safe environment, uh, a way to process something that you're holding on to. Sometimes it's an extenuation of the day and, and, and sometimes – or an extension of the day. Sometimes it's just um, – Sometimes it's it's seemingly just um, your your brain firing up parts that haven't been used lately. Um, that that's something that interests me a lot. So, really? so like if you're gonna put your car in storage for a while, you'd still want to start it up once in a while and make sure everything's running and all that stuff. And so, um, and, and your brain seems to do that, and, and with dreams and with hallucinations, like blind people oftentimes dream and uh, i mean see have visual hallucinations um i n- just not, heard. not in dreams uh, but but in waking and then deaf people have audio hallucinations and what happens is that part of the brain isn't getting stimulus and it's still this huge part of the brain and it still has all this capability and so it's a way of just like hey we better fire this thing up once in a while and make sure everything's still working and so and so you still see stuff but i mean that that was that was a that was a great example of something i've been thinking a lot about um which is you know what is real and what is not and how important is that really yeah ultimately um you said something in the last podcast that was so fucking profound you were like well yeah of course 
these moments while you're hallucinating are intense. I'm sure that if we lived in a hallucinatory world and then just showed up, you're like, shut up. Yeah, we yeah. have a monetary-based system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our worth is defined by our look. Oh, shut up. This is amazing. <laughs> like, But it's so true. I, I, I literally go back to that podcast. That's, well, I, there's a few podcasts that I can re-listen to over and over again. Yeah. That is one of my favorite podcasts. I enjoy man. podcasting with you so much because you're not you're not I mean, no one I, I think the whole concept of someone running bits on podcasts is gone yeah like, i don't think anyone ever does that you are so naturally funny without trying to be funny uh, thanks dude and you're and you and you're very you're very smart i like being around smart people it's i said that to joe one time rogan one time i said i love that what you're doing with your podcast you're hanging out with people that are fucking making you smarter yeah. like you're hanging out with fucking you're basically becoming a renaissance man via people that you're of shit you're interested in look at my wife doing all this manual labor as i sit in here and podcast like a fucking fancy boy but it's it's the truth and and i don't feel like i don't feel like it's a i don't feel at all like it's a task to talk to you there are you know i don't think i've had i've had i know i've had a couple podcasts where i'm like what am i gonna fucking say to this person i, know, man. I could talk to you about fucking anything and yeah. i don't feel like it has to be comedy related it can be like like uh like like fucking talking about breastfeeding. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing about allergies. That's why I have allergies. And come back to that fence, by the way, when my wife got me on allergy medicine, mm. or not, when I got on allergy medicine, it was the first time I smelled anything. I'd never smelled anything. I'd never smelled flowers in my entire life. I was 20, I was 30 years old. 30 years old, I smelled my first flower. My first flower I ever smelled was jasmine. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, I remember my buddy Lorenzo, we were walking down to Hollywood and Highland from our house. And he goes, what do you mean, what the fuck is that? And I go, that smell. Do you smell it? And he goes, no, I don't smell it. I go, it's beautiful. And he goes, oh, you mean the jasmine? I go, is that what that is? And he goes, it's that plant. And I would, I'd be like smelling. I go, holy shit. The second one was uh, Casablanca lilies. Hmm. And so now, to this day, when I smell jasmine and Casablanca lilies, I think of me and my wife, like when, when, like in our salad days, when we were young and hot and changed positions <laughs> during sex. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder because allergies is usually. Um, I, I wonder you might just have a overactive immune system. You might have like a very hardy um, immune system. I mean, actually. all this I mean, boozing is going to write the boat's writing itself every morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Maybe I I'm mean, just I'm doing what it, I'm inoculating my my immune system daily. I mean, you seem like you're you have a fair amount of testosterone and everything, and and your and your body, testosterone is actually um, hard on your immune system, and so your immune system kind of won't allow your body to produce more testosterone than it feels like it can handle. Yeah. And uh, this is kind of why women um, are are probably drawn to like a square jaw, like beard, and all these like testosterone indicators because it's actually a, a fitness indicator it's saying i'm my immune system is so strong i can i can crank out all of this stuff testosterone which is like basically poison to the immune system it's why guys die earlier than women and everything really yeah and testosterone um, is poison to the immune system it's uh it's that uh, that's over uh, that's overstating it a bit but well, it's, I know, it's I know definitely it, a, um immunosuppressant and and there's interesting stuff with um 
with allergies where it seems like um, the reason why I asked you if you're a clean freak or something was just because often that, that seems to be why allergies are popping up so much is because people are living in bottles and it's over overly sanitized. So it's your your immune system. What an allergy is, is your immune system perceiving a threat that isn't actually a threat. And the reason why that happens in most people is because there's no real threats coming in. So if you're sick or like pregnant women, when they have allergies, um, when you become pregnant, your immune system has to shut down a little bit because you have a foreign body. Otherwise, your immune system will kill uh, your fetus. And so the immune system has to shut down a little bit. And then, and so oftentimes pregnant women, their allergy symptoms will subside. And there's all this weird stuff uh, that people are doing now where they're actually giving themselves like um, sicknesses and stuff. Like there's a story of this guy that walked around in a latrine barefoot in like third world countries because he, he kept on getting more and more allergies and just couldn't live like it anymore and started just like, you know, rolling around in filth and like bacteria and stuff. And then his immune system was then given something that it had to deal with and it kind of loosened the hold on responding to all of these kind of benign um, problems so there's all these weird treatments now that's like aversion therapy where it'll actually give you like real bacteria and like real kind of like, like if you have a cold or something your allergy symptoms should probably subside a little bit but there's a lot of individual differences i don't even know why i got into this whole no i know um, i'm <clears throat> my allergies uh my, I, they're seasonal, but they're like I'm definitely I'm definitely allergic to trees. Yeah. Like I never knew that. I never knew how allergic to trees I was. Like just like the pollen from trees, or the like. I'd go jogging at Pan Pacific Park, uh, mm. and all the time, and I would be like, I can barely breathe. I'm like, I think I have cancer. I think I'm fucking dying. And I was like, Oh, it's allergies. So you take yeah. a take some Advair two fifty over fifty, and I'm like, Oh, I'm a fucking machine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's that's really fascinating. I don't I. Because pollen's not a threat, it's but your body's perceiving it as a threat. Yeah, I, I know that. I know that when you take testosterone, you're at a higher risk. When you take testosterone, you're at a higher risk to get cancer. Like yeah. I don't know if that's because testosterone man multiplies cancer. Maybe. Like I, I, I only know that because my dad has got an overactive prostate or something, mm. and or something with his enlarged prostate, and they wanted to put him on testosterone because he's you know older. And I was like, do it. It's it's like the youth drug. And he's like, I can't because I'm on this medicine. And my doctor says, if I do that, I'm at a high risk for prostate cancer. So, I mean, I'd love to get on fucking testosterone. Quite honestly, I'd love to get that cream where you just feel fucking young again every fucking day. Or you could just stop drinking. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I would. Uh, I I don't know if testosterone would be. You seem like a guy that has a fair amount of testosterone. I, I, I mean, I mean, maybe it's not what you're used to having because you're I just would aging, like to but... heal better, like heal quicker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think testosterone will help you there. But I does it? Isn't that what the... the baseball players did it for? Maybe it's not testosterone. They're... Oh, heal the muscles yeah. quick. I think I think um, like steroids and stuff. I think they just kind of. I I, I don't know enough about steroids actually. I th- I've always felt like that was what they like Derek Jeter or not. Derek I thought Jeter, it was but... that it just kept you going for longer so you uh, can exercise further. This is why I probably should not get into testosterone. I'm so glad I never did steroids in high school. Yeah, I I don't know. I I would probably stay away from doing that. Sweet. What's going on with your ankle? Um it's um uh, my heel and so so what happened with the stitches um is is um 
there there's like you know we looked at the picture last time yeah. of the incision well the corner of it um ripped open right uh because like there was just too much pressure on my foot and it was just like exploding and and just really pulling on the stitches and the corner of it ripped open and so it created this massive hole in my foot at the time it was like down to the bone and um and they were considering doing a skin graft and decided just to try to let it heal naturally instead because there can be complications with skin grafts and everything else well this hole has just been a nightmare. It's why I'm not walking now because there's like um, there's a lot of like fluid that that coats the muscles and lubricates the muscles and all that fluids just shooting out of my foot. Like I have stuff that's coming out of my foot like right now. Are you serious? Yeah, and um, and so it's been getting smaller. But then I I think I got a um, bacteria infection in it. A while back, Holy and um, and and they put me on antibiotics and everything, and then um, I thought I had a couple fevers possibly, um, which that means uh, that you know something's going on as far as an infection, and they took a look at the X-rays and they think that possibly um, some of the hardware in my foot might have gotten infected. And the bones are all healed, and I mean, ideally, once the bones are healed, the the um, hardware would just magically disappear. Yeah. Um, but it's not really hardware being worth. like screws and bolts. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a plate and ten screws in there. And but it's not worth going back in and getting another surgery done. The the risks involved with the surgery and everything else. And so, so I decide. Uh, so, um, but then once they saw that this hardware might be infected, they're like, well, that. That decides that we're going to go in and get it out of there. So that's what I'm waiting on now. I just went and saw a doctor, and now I have to wait for this referral to go through. So hopefully next week I'll be getting surgery is, is the hope. It hopefully all goes sooner. Back. I had to cancel a bunch of work and stuff again. It all goes back uh, to that one jump. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if everyone's listening and haven't, hasn't listened to our first podcast, um, Shane jumped off of like a 10-foot rock onto another rock and – shattered both his heels yep and so one was shattered the other one was just cracked and healed after two or three go months. back and listen to that podcast it's like i said yeah. it is it is one of my favorite podcasts but do you do you ever sit like like do you ever sit there and just be like like i i fucked i think i told you this but i popped a tendon under my yeah. foot uh was playing flag football i got so angry in the healing of it, yeah. I was so angry at my buddy Lorenzo for calling me and asking me if I wanted to play fag football. And yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, God damn it. If I had just said, because in my head I was like, I shouldn't, but I haven't seen Lorenzo in a while. I want to hang out with Lorenzo. I should be active. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I was like, if I had just said no. Yeah. If I had just said no, I wouldn't be fucking dealing with any of this shit. Yeah, all these moments in our lives like that. I mean, you kind of have to find a way to let that go a little bit. There, yeah. There's that. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about that sort of thing because I've I've had to um, yeah. with coping with this. And and um, but the other thing is uh, something that I realize that's like hard on um, my um, well-being is is that. Um, there, there's this gap between like potential and like what could be, and 
reality, which is like what you do. So you make this to do list or whatever, and uh, and you know, on a day and or or you set goals for yourself, and you always know like you could be doing more, you could be doing this and that, right? Yeah. And and you might be moving along, you might be doing a few things, but because you're not doing as much yeah. as you think, you see that, and and you see that in like humanity and everything else. You see, like I have a joke on uh, that I've been um, doing lately. That's like since I've been on crutches, people have been the nicest ever for uh, you know they've been they've been you know open doors for me line for a bathroom not for you crutches man you know it's a, it's amazing my my joke is about like why don't we treat people like that all the time i'm yeah. far more broken on the inside than you know this little setback but, yeah you know you don't get to call into work for broken dreams and um <laughs> so but um speaking of running bits but um <laughs> so so uh, but this this void between like human potential and what reality is i i think like you can get stuck in there and uh in the what could be and i think that will eat you alive if you can't if you can't figure out a way to kind of just be a little bit thankful for what you have yeah and like I, I was just thinking about like the Nike slogan, like just do it, you know. But you know, if you don't, it's not going to help to beat yourself up about it too much. <laughs> you know, just, just, <laughs> just do it. But if you don't get around to it, you know, it doesn't don't make kill you an asshole. About it. A lot yeah, of people right. aren't doing it. Right, right. <laughs> but there's definitely. I, I mean, the harder part about all of this is is the unknown, like what's going to happen with my foot, and it's taking so long to get the surgery lined up and everything else. You want to hear something really fucked up about it? So this hole in my foot, I put this stuff in gentamicin cream. Yeah, um, it's an antibacterial cream, um, and this is going to seem like a a big tangent. I happen to be reading this book. Um, and this is so I had to drive back here unexpectedly. I had all this work lined up and I had to drive. So you've been uh, doing you've been doing sets the whole time with this foot. I've been on the road. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote. I've, you can't you can't not. Yeah. I mean, I've written I've, I, I'm recording the um, uh, new CD in April, actually, just because I have so much material about this whole experience. I want to capture it, you know, yeah. while it's still fresh. So, yeah, I'm going to record in Madison State Street Comedy Club. Would you um, know the date in April? In a- April uh, 2nd through 4th. Nice. Um, so you have to drive back. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll probably be flying, but I, I had a vent- I, I had a initially i'd lined up all this stuff the routing was perfect where i just got to stay out on the road and it just i was saving lots of money and i was getting to do all these podcasts traveling around and talking with scientists all that well so so i had to just a couple days ago i had to drive from cleveland to la i get my car i set the gps and it's set and that's eastern time zone fucking pacific time zone and i didn't have much time to do it in and i put my my G, uh, much free time um i set my gps my gps said one day in 10 hours is what my oh, gps said shit. and then i slept one night woke up the following night i got in my car and i was on um interstate 40 and i didn't realize that because i didn't look at it um i pulled over right before this exit well i get on this road and it says next turn in 1250 miles 
I'm just like, uh, what is the fucking point? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's these moments like that that are just really disheartening. So anyhow, I'm I'm listening. I, I'm like, think about this. I'm bummed out, and I'm listening to this book, this audio book. That's um, um, oh shit, um, the brain that changes itself. I think that's the name of it. And I'm listening to this first chapter, and it's about this woman. It's about, but it's about the plasticity of the brain and how, um, how uh, the old thinking was like when when there was brain damage or something, a person could never recover that part. You don't grow new neurons or whatever. Well, there's some new interesting insights on that. They use this case study of this woman who um, lost her sense of balance five years ago or prior to this book. She and how your balance works is you have like all these hairs in your ear and you have um, you have this fluid. So you move your head and the fluid change like a level, you know, and then it communicates to part of your brain and puts together this narrative that we um, consider existence. So like when when you're when you're running and you have your sight set on something that's like you know, hundred yards away or whatever. Well, the visual information is really like all over the place. It's jumping around because your head's bouncing around. Yeah. But your the information coming from your sense of balance, your inner ear, meets up with that uh, information from the eyeball, and then it puts together this perception that you can focus and keep a steady focus on on this part that's really far ahead. Yeah. yeah. So it creates this story for you so so this woman loses her sense of balance and now she's like she's falling all over the place she can't stand even when she falls down she still feels like she's falling it takes all of her mental effort just to sit upright and she was like this you know smart lady had a good career and everything and just ruining her life well i'm listening to all this and then it goes so what happened was five years ago she got this surgery and got an infection in it in it and um and uh, the doctor prescribed this gentamicin cream, and um, one of the side effects of taking of using gentamicin too much is that you can destroy your sense of balance. So you're sitting there and going, I'm "Like, oh no, I'm gonna be a fucking wobble brain." <laughs> <laughs> you're in a car next turn 1200 miles gentamicin and you're like mother are you kidding me i need to make changes about this now oh man and so there's just been all sorts of shit like that like and, and this is like i don't even think doctors know about the side effect a lot of the, it's just this cream is so effective that when using it for a short period of time it's just yeah. worth the risk of like that small but i've been using this shit for like seven months man <laughs> oh man and now i'm like feeling a little dizzy but you know i'm all in my head about it oh once you tell me about a side effect you might as well i, I oh, swear yeah. to god i just got a yellow fever shot yesterday and right. a and a tuberculosis booster and i went back on um malaria medicine and or malaria pills malaria pills i don't know if you know anything about them they are destructive i mean they are they are, they are next level, and they. I told you that one dream that wasn't on malaria pills. Malaria pill dreams, and that's why I leave my. I call. I call and leave my dreams on Doug Benson's answering machine, and then he puts them on his podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, my my malaria dreams 
are um are insane like uh like i can i can go from a mal- i can go go out of a malaria dream wake up and close my eyes and be awake but go right back into the dream mm. right back into like <laughs> Uh, it's it, malaria dreams. Every I think every one of my crew has experienced this. Huh. Malaria pills are they are I think they're psychoactive. I think they're they kind of fuck with you. They they make you feel a little weird. They definitely make you feel dizzy. There's but I would, probably would have felt none of that had the lady not told me this will happen on malaria pills. Right. But she gave me the fucking yellow fever shot. She goes, just giving you a heads up. You're gonna feel flu like symptoms. Possibly it's a side effect. Very few people feel it, but. You know, if you did that, you're probably going to feel... And sure enough, fucking 10 o'clock last night, I'm like, I'm getting the fucking flu. And mm. I was like... And so what I do, I open a bottle of wine, flu goes away. I got, I'm so psychosomatic about that shit. Yeah. So if, you, if I was on that uh, anti... anti Or the cream... I'd be like, yeah. fucking, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what that is. I, I Well... There, there is. I, I, I was just listening to. There's a interesting thing about um, how uh, the, the the effect of um, of being able to anticipate something and having like an explanation for. Because had you just felt that and not knowing what was going on, that could have been an, a whole another world of crazy. But like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah. Am I dying? Yeah. You know, had they not warned you, they did a thing. They started. They tested adrenaline on people a while back. Didn't tell them what was adrenaline. Uh, that it was adrenaline. Just just to see in this you know experiment. You can't really do that anymore. But uh, <laughs> this is like fifty years ago and. They did this awesome stuff where they, they you can't ha- really do that anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking, I bet science was so much fun I in know. the '40s. They're like, let's just bring that homeless guy in. Let's just fucking load him up, and see what it does. Well, I sometimes talk about uh, this with um, with Albert Hoffman, uh, you, you know, the guy that discovered LSD. Yeah, you, you know, he like spilt a little bit on his hand or something, and I had like kind of an odd, felt odd and stuff, and then was and then started experimenting with it on mice and they were having this bizarre effect and he wasn't really sure what was going on and then uh and and so what he decided to do one day was just drop it in his mouth yeah because that's how science worked back then (laughs) (laughs) hey hey what's this do i don't know you're the scientist you eat it (laughs) (laughs) what a fucking what what a Columbus like, like just yeah. that, like fuck it, let's get in the boat and go, see where it takes us. Yeah, yeah. Like what a fucking fearless. No one would ever do that now. I know. I, I had always heard that the guy that that when he took acid, he put it in his. He looked like a tablespoon. Put it in his mouth and then went on a bike ride. Yeah, and yeah. was like, whoa. Yeah, it's called whoa. bicycle day. Well, he wasn't feeling good and then decided to bike home. Really? Uh, yeah, it's celebrated every year as like this bicycle day thing. Uh, I. I've never been a big acid fan. Uh, I I haven't. I almost took acid yesterday. I haven't done acid in about twelve years. I didn't because I was like, I got to talk to Bert, and people are gonna think that I'm a fucking lunatic. I love. I love your. I love you. You. You have the same um, impulses I have. Like just like fuck it. Like I love that. I love that about life. I love the. Uh, like it's one of the things I love, like about my buddy Paul. The uh, is the imp- 
poles that like when we've been on the road and we don't have to shoot that day or we're flying that day, like it'll be like eight in the morning. Be like, Bloody Mary. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, I miss it. I think that's what I love so much about college. College was full of that shit. Yeah. It was like my buddy Hutch, like, hey, PRJ. And you're like, PRJ was uh, my buddy Hutch's uh, saying for a pre-roll joint. And so he'd go, PRJ? And i go, do you have one? He'd go, come on, and pull it out of his top pocket. <laughs> and you'd be like, fuck, let's get high. Out of nowhere, let's get high. Want to yeah. go throw the Frisbee for the next hour? Let's do it. Let's go fucking, let's go for a bike ride. Like, I miss that about, I mean, it's fun, and I try to instill that in my kids, but you definitely have that in spades. Like, I mean, I, I think it's a real important part of, of life. I, I think having new experiences and everything else, uh, uh, people... Uh, you know uh, what's uh, I, I blab about science too much, but but this, no, I love it. this just has has to do with everything we're talking about. This is another thing that I was uh, listening to with um with with in having new experiences and how good it is for your brain and and this idea of of old people um, aging. Oh, look at that squirrel up on top of your uh, thing having an orange. Yeah, the, they, that's awesome. My wife, uh, my wife feeds the squirrels, and then they so <laughs> they all come back to party here, and then they start eat the oranges. So they will eat the inside out of an orange, and then just drop it onto our couch out there. <laughs> um, so, so uh, they found out like uh, the people that. So they thought that brain degeneration was just this natural part of aging or whatever, mm-hmm. but but it it seems to be more the point that you stop using other parts of your brain because we get you know you get like a job or whatever a nine to five and and part of uh, and your brain kind of zeroes in on this like task this thing that you have to do and you stop using all of these other parts and then those other parts start to atrophy well by the time you become older it's been like maybe 40 years since you've used these different parts of your brain and people that are the healthiest are people that have like changed careers and had to learn um different things and had these new experiences people people that suffer a lot of um brain degeneration people that are the worst off are are like academics that are like as far as academics are academics that are like in the top of their field because that's not thing. only are they like they're stuck with this because the, because they're they're the best at it and everyone wants them to keep on doing this and so they're they're they continue this you know uh, uh thing uh, the the same kind of narrative that they've been doing but also no one questions them because they're they're the top of the field. So because no one's questioning them or challenging their perception, oh, wow. their brains deteriorating a lot um, faster than than other people's. And I I think that's just such an important part of life to just fucking go for it. Sometimes. The know it alls, forget the it weird all. Weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I that's funny you say that because I feel like um, I feel like this show, the trip flip, has made me very young. In in, in man, in, in like I, in in so many ways, traveling, went, meeting I, different people. I mean, amazing. I got. I, I'm sorry to say, I haven't seen the show yet. Oh no, but it's, it's, it's not airing right. Or I mean, it's, it's airing in like reruns and stuff. But um, it is uh, it is it is expanding me, and I, I'm going through something creatively, it, like professionally, where where I think is the point, like you know, where everyone goes well do what like you know what's the next step are you gonna do movies do you want to do a sitcom and in a weird way i kind of feel like saying you know i I i'm really happy doing what i'm doing 
in addition to that stuff, like I don't want to do, I don't want to do anything that jeopardizes the fun I'm having on this show. Yeah, like I, I'm having so much fun, and I, and I get and, and man, that's a good place to be in. I'm like really happy. Like I go to Africa in a couple days, and I'm like, yeah. and I'm really like, and of course I'm worried about getting attacked by a hippopotamus and a crocodile. So we're going paddleboarding in this river, um, and but. And those fears, but those fears keep me alive. And then, but then I, I feel like I feel like I like I went rock climbing in Vietnam. And I, I remember last time I was like, I would never go fucking rock climbing. Like when we talked, you were like, oh, I love rock climbing. I was like, yeah. that freaks me out. I got frozen at like twenty feet one time. Well, I went rock climbing, and all I could think was, I was like, I, I thought two things. I told you this when I said I was like, I've been thinking about you a lot lately. When I went rock climbing, I went, um, oh, Shane would fucking die to be in Vietnam in Ha Long Bay fucking climbing an amazing fucking man i go and i and i thought i shouldn't fucking do typical bert shit where you get in your head about heights and you get in your head trust your equipment you got a brand new harness you got badass rock climbing shoes like just fucking enjoy it test yourself push your limits test your boundaries yeah and i know full well i gotta climb up you know 30 meters 20 meters 25 meters and get up there, and I got to hang out for possibly like 30 minutes. Right. So, And I look at the hole in the rock where I need to be. I need to be just to the left of it. And it looks high as shit when I'm on the ground. Then I was like, fuck it. All right, let's do it. And in my head, I was like, I was like, let's fucking... And I scramble up the rock. I get up to the thing. I get stuck in there, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. And I'm looking down, and I'm like, why am I not so freaked out? And I, and I was like, oh, shit, man. This could be something that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. This might be a new aspect of my life. Something I dig. Yeah, there. I mean, it's what I what really drew me to. I mean, what initially drew me to is is the adrenaline. Like I yeah. like, I really like heights and everything. But then what was unexpected, what I didn't notice, is that um, after a while, it's not. You don't even notice that you're off the ground so much. It's like the the technique. Like you'll spend three weeks on like this project they'll call it like one particular route you might be doing other routes too but there's one that like you're just having trouble with you you can't get it you're getting a little further each time and then there will be like one move that you like hardcore rock climbers will do like one specific exercise for like weeks just to strengthen this one part to do yeah just to get this one part done on their project well anyway what'll happen is like like You'll be like, I don't understand this. This is impossible. I, uh, why would they make this route like this? No one can do this. And then one day, you'll be on there, and you'll be, and you'll just like turn your hip, like you'll just rotate it like an inch or two, yeah, in like a different way that you'd never thought of before. And then all of a sudden, it's just like click, you know, and like nothing's ever been easier. Um, and it and it just you feel it. Um, it's really it's, interesting how much weight your fingers can hold on your body or how much yeah. how much like one little hold can really work yeah, like yeah. It, it, rock climbing is really fascinating and i I'm it's all s- technique and it and it also is very cleansing mm-hmm. you don't think about anything other than rock climbing when you're rock climbing yeah. there's a couple activities riding motorcycles the same way when you're riding a motorcycle man you're i want to ride moment. a motorcycle so bad I, i've always wanted a motorcycle it is it is. I'm afraid uh, I'd die though, because I I tend to push myself a little too much. I tend. To I'll like tell you what, worse. motorcycles are definitely a place where you can, um, 
you feel the limits you push yourself to. Right. Like you definitively feel the limits. Like when you go 80 miles an hour on a fucking motorcycle on the highway, it feels like 120 miles an hour. Right. And when you go, I can't imagine what 120 miles per hour feels like. But like I'm not, I can't, I still to this day, and I've ridden motorcycles a bunch, I have a hard time holding a motorcycle at 80 miles an hour on the interstate. It is scary as fuck for me. That sounds very scary. It is terrifying. I mean, even going like, and my crew, if they were listening to this, they'd go, hold on, you have a hard time at 65. Like, I have a hard time at 60. 50 miles an hour, I'm comfortable at. Once you get up to 60 miles an hour, you feel all of it. And you know what's amazing is the vulnerability. Mm. People, I don't think, put themselves in vulnerable places as much as they should. You know, if you ask my wife, what was the most vulnerable position you've been in in the last year i don't know if she'd have an answer like i really don't know if she'd have an a a, a, i i think she'd be like what what do you mean vulnerable i don't like i'm a a vulnerable person well yeah but when was a play what was a time that you were the most scared like what like for you what was the most when was when were you the last most vulnerable physically not or emotionally it doesn't matter like what do you think um well i did um I, I mean, I think that <laughs> breaking my feet was uh, very scary and interesting. But um, I, I think that that probably rock climbing physically before that, I was I was starting to do some pretty intense stuff, and I felt like um, it, it was really interesting because that vulnerability then like kind of transformed into like this flow state as well, where I'd kind of forget everything else and I was in this meditative state, and then emotionally. I've had a couple moments recently where I've just had like some really good cries. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, like some really. I'm like, God, I wish I could do this more often. Like I've, I've also had a couple times recently where I've like just had a bad day. Like just not feel. I can't really associate it to anything. I don't know. I can't pinpoint what the reason for it is. Just like I'm just not feeling yeah. good about life, and um, and I'm like, man, I wish I could have had one of those cries but i i i feel like i there's this um there's a song by atmosphere um he's this uh this rap group out of minneapolis um i don't know it it doesn't matter but there's a song it has that i listened to one day and like all of a sudden i just started bawling like it just connected with me on on this interesting level and again i think that's that's this great like when you're by yourself yeah and you get to and not have to worry about what others are thinking or whatever it's just like it can be such a beautiful experience and and you can i feel like you can kind of uh uh experience and enjoy even like the bad things like sadness or depression or anxiety or whatever it is so much more when it's not like you know there's a lot of pressures in this world where it's like okay pick it up i i have a family i you know i have this stuff that i have to do i have to go i have to get to this gig i have to put on this face you know yeah and and um you, you know i can't let just because i'm bummed out right now i don't have the right to bum out all of these other people yeah and that's why i think it's so great just to have um those moments by yourself once in a while that and 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 you know what's interesting about um like what you're saying with the rock climbing and opening yourself up to new experiences and i've been thinking so much about like this 
perception and how easy it is to trick ourselves into like thinking we have things figured out and kind of going through the motions. Just yesterday, I promise you, this is just yesterday this happened, cracked me up. And I, I, I don't know if this is the best way to articulate the point I'm trying to make, but I was driving back and I was going to like, I think I was going to pick up April. We were going to um, go out for dinner or something. And, and, I was driving, I gave her a call to be like, I'm on my way. And I said, um, so put your shoe on <laughs> because I've been wearing one shoe <laughs> yeah. for eight months now. So like when it's time for me to go, I'm like, oh, I better go and get my shoe on yeah. singular. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been doing that for so long. I start perceiving like the so world. put of, your shoe on, grab your like, brushes. Like this is whatever. It just seeps into your subconscious, you know, this <laughs> This narrative that you're living with for so long. <laughs> That's it would be even funnier if you were like if if in this, Get your in this, ready. In this no but in the same narrative you shared something that was identical to that but different. You're like, so stop crying, pull it together, <laughs> clean yourself up, and I'll meet you outside. Ah, sorry, I'm just thinking about me. Like, yeah. like it's so fun. that's that's so fucking fascinating. Oh, you know what's a great movie about this? Watch this. Um, on Netflix, Nanette. Um, it's uh, Nanette's the name of this monkey. It's this old monkey in the zoo. I watched this for ten minutes and I turned it off. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, and it bugged me so much for like days. I was like, that can't be the movie. That can't be. I have to keep watching it because it's just like a camera fixed on this stupid monkey, and the monkey's not doing a thing. It's just sitting there in the zoo. I'm like, how is that? That can't be a movie. And then I, I kept watching it, and I realized what it was was that it's grabbing the audio from everyone that are everyone that's there watching this monkey, um, and and it's grabbing their conversations, and people are commenting on the monkey, and they're talking about it. And what you realize is how much people project their own narrative and anthropomorphize onto other things. So like, there's this woman in it. And and she's like, uh, you can tell she's like an older, like um, probably aging, um, past middle aged woman, and she's sitting there going, "Oh, okay. she's like reading the placard or whatever or the description," and and she's going, "Can you believe uh, uh, Nanette in there? Look, she's just in there with her son." just every day she's like she needs a man she's just in there with her no wonder she's miserable all the time it's just her and her son every day and you can tell it's just like she's this she's old woman it's like she's monkey. probably with her son at the zoo and then <laughs> and then i roll up oh it looks like the monkey wants to masturbate <laughs> <laughs> exactly and, and uh, I mean, part of how we figure out this world is by trying to like, okay, what would I do in this situation? We tend to project that on others. And we tend to do it um, a little bit too much. One, one of the things um, that's interesting about trying to empathize with people is there's a difference between um, taking perspective and getting perspective. So, so, so when you... So taking perspective is like trying to imagine yourself in someone else's shoes. Getting perspective is actually asking that person about themselves and like what it is like to be in their shoes. So so we try well-intentioned to be like, 
Oh, okay. So I'm like a kind of a privileged white guy. So what's it like to be a minority? And then you kind of try to imagine and what it turns out to what you come up with. So humans aren't as different from one another as we tend to like perceive differences in our minds. So when we try to empathize with people without hearing their perspective, we tend to focus on those differences a lot more. So then what it becomes is this like racist character that you're doing in your head. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I, like I was poor and stuff, so I don't give a fuck. And like, you know, sometimes I got to rob people. <laughs> like, like what? No, that's not what's going As on. Opposed you're focusing to- in on. Like talk to the yeah, person. What, wait, which, one, which ones will you talk to? One taking perspective, getting perspective, getting perspective. I I have gotten perspective. I think with with this when, podcast. When it, well, I've gotten perspective with this, but I I think in the in the social dialogue that is uh, the African American experience in America, I have gotten perspective. I very seldomly I've, I I very seldomly take perspective only because I. I feel exactly what you said. Yeah. I feel how dare because I look at, I look at a lot of these people, a lot of the white people that are protesting, uh, yeah. and I think it's great that they're doing that. But it seems like what is what I've noticed, and this is by the way that when people hear this podcast, that will be probably a fucking two months ago or whatever, or a month ago. But it's like the white people would then come in and start organizing the protests for the black people. And black people were like, whoa, 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 what the fuck? This is our protest. (laughs) And they were like, no, 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 don't worry, we got this. We know how you feel. And the black people were like, I don't think you know how I feel at all. By the way, it's one interview I heard on CNN. It's not not indicative of the entire event. Uh, But I do see a lot of these white people taking perspective as opposed to getting it. You're you're never going to know. What it's it's, it's like too to, like patronizing. Almost. Yeah, you're never gonna know what it's like to be uh, black in America and yeah. get pulled over. People go, you know. People say, you know, I'm not not that I'm not gonna have a viewpoint on this because I don't like having a viewpoint on this. Because quite honestly, I shouldn't have a viewpoint on this. But like, yeah, I mean, I don't have much of one either. Yeah, and but people go, uh, you know, well. Uh, this Michael Brown did was too aggressive to the cop. Well, you don't know what it's like to be a fucking six foot five black dude in the hood. Yeah, You'd, and and what the dialogue between the cops? Co- cops very seldomly probably pull up to him and go, "Excuse me, sir." It's it's like, "Hey, my man," and you know, or like, there's a dialogue that I'm sure he's received before, and I'm not justifying anything he did. However, I won't even fucking imagine anything in my head yeah. until until I have. That guy tell me what it's like. like yeah. I, I don't want to fucking go, well, if I was. Well, it doesn't matter if I was. I'm Burt Kreischer. I walk around very polite, but but that's me because I'm a coward and right. I'm – and I'm and I and I want I, I mean, like I don't me. think you're a coward, but uh, I, I mean I – But I, I want I, people I to like feeling. Me. I definitely want people to like me. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, I think the whole thing's a little bit unfortunate because I think like the conversation that we should be having about, right. I, I think if, if people understood like the differences in, in the educational system, I mean, I think that's what people should be out in the street riding about. I, I think that it's hard to make as much of a case when there's like criminal behavior, but there would have yeah. been easier cases to rally behind. Yeah, not, not that there, there, yeah you're not, very right. It, not, not that there aren't, not that it's not perfectly valid. What people think It's just like it would have been easier to make a case yeah. um, for a lot of other situations. It, you're very right about that. I, I, I definitely um, – I think there are things – I think there's 
It would be great if, like, I'd love to have Malcolm Gladwell on the podcast. He's great. That guy's so fucking fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And he always seems to have, like, a very insightful perspective on things that is very honest based on numbers. Like, I used to have a joke. I'm not a racist. I'm an economist. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not. I'm not. I am not a racist. But I definitely know that whatever Malcolm Gladwell says, I usually agree with it. I would say 95% of the time I just go, I can't disagree with your research. Yeah. I I'm I would be an idiot if I said that whatever you researched about the abortion rates versus p- crime and poverty weren't reflective. I I'd be an idiot. I'd be a moron. I believe in the economy of I love. I, I could have been an economist in a different world. Right. I think that shit's fascinating. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, oh fuck. What, what, what was I just going to say? Um. Ah uh, no. I, no. Oh, fuck, I don't remember. I'll, I'll come back to it. But one one of the things that I've another thing I've been thinking a lot about when talk about the difficulties of like understanding another human is it's like I I feel like it's so hard just to understand myself. Uh, you know, a lot of times I feel like we yeah. all we wear so many different hats, um, and and like when you're in a emotional state, you can't. Um, you you can't understand what that other state is like 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 when you're the difference between feeling suicidal and having like the best day of your life like those are almost two completely different people and they never get to like meet up and have a discussion like when you're not feeling yeah. one of those things you can't you you kind of have a faint idea of what it's like but until you're actually feeling it um well, that, that's you're saying something so profound and i'm sure that everyone's like yeah it's i mean it's basic but i do think that in a weird way uh let's use trayvon martin as an example but yeah. like how dare anyone categorize that one guy because he is equally as complex as i am right and i could never categorize myself that way mm-hmm. i would never allow someone to categorize myself that way because i can go from like you said i i have massive extremes fun lighthearted, ticklish and giddy to right. like morbid in a hotel in paris going like the fuck am i doing with my life mm-hmm. this is not and and panicky and sweaty and gagging because i want to throw up in the and that is the and same when you're be. in it that's the reality of life i mean nothing seemed more clear and right and you can be like you can even talk yourself out of it like you know this yeah. is just a, but my uh, emotions run that gamut they run right. that spectrum and behaviors put upon me are going to find me in whatever place I'm in because I know that because I know that's me. Right. I go, I can't tell you how I'd act because I'm all over the fucking map. Well, how – and I look, and I know everyone – this is polarizing because everyone's like, well, Trayvon Martin should have. But I don't know what I would have fucking done. I don't know how I would have reacted. And how dare I th- say this is how he should have reacted. I don't fucking know where he was on his spectrum that evening. And yeah. he could have been in a horrible – in a horrible angle on that spectrum, in a horrible place – just that day or or not even that day maybe george uh, george zimmerman zimmerman yeah. was in a, a somewhere on his spectrum and people are so complex and people but yet people compartmentalize on on cnn nancy grace compartmentalizes oh, so nancy quickly nancy grace is the fucking worst i dude. love watching her show really i, I, I love she watching annoys her show. me so much and then I, I do this all the time when it goes to break um i i play the role as um stage supervisor 
uh, on the Nancy Grace show. And I walk, I do, I visualize this, me walking up to the desk going, Nancy, you got him on the ropes this time. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. And then just getting in her head and her going, I do. (laughs) You're right. This Uh, poor woman last night, I mean, uh, um, once again, I don't no fucking dog in any fight, is talking about Bill Cosby. She's saying that she was this, uh, it's a dancer, and I'm not sure if my my things are accurate, but she was saying she was drugged by Bill Cosby. And the woman, and then Nancy Grace says, and did you ever want to tell anyone you had been raped by him? And she said, well, I wasn't raped by him. She said, well, you don't know that. And the woman said, no, but I, I just was drugged. I was not raped. And Nancy goes, and cut her off. And I went, hold on, Nancy, you're not allowed to fucking put your own narrative in what the woman's saying. Apparently, from what the stats look like, Bill Cosby is not the safest dude to be around yeah. past 6 p.m. Like, right. that, that's what it looks like yeah, for yeah. me, from my perspective. It's that old thing. I got uh, – right when Leanne dumped me, I went to get a haircut from this guy named Boyd. He was a fucking amazing dude. Uh, a little bit – I think he had some uh, substance problems. He had a great fucking um, hair styling place over in Hollywood. And uh, he de- definitely dealt with, with heroin addiction. He was open and honest about that. He's cut my hair. He's cut my hair with a razor blade, like a like a straight razor. Mm-hmm. He just slice it. Yeah. And he's and I said something. I said I don't know, man. Maybe I should stop drinking. He goes, Well, this is serious. He's like, uh, Do you have a problem? I go, I don't think so. And he goes, How many people have told you you had a problem in your life? I said, Two. And he said, Two people. I said, Yeah. And he goes, It's really important. I said, Why? He goes, Well. One person says you have a problem with substance abuse or with substance, then fuck them, fuck them. Two people tell you you have a problem with substance, fuck them. They're ganging up on you. No. And then and he, I go really he goes yeah. Look at it this way. He goes one person tells you have a tail, fuck them. Two people tell you have a tail, fuck them. Three people tell you have a tail, turn around. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that analogy. And I was like oh yeah. So until that third person shows up, I'm still fucking drinking. That's the way my brain worked. Yeah. And then and but uh. I don't know why we got on this. Oh, well, I, I mean... It's the tail thing. It's like 18 women show up saying they've been drugged and assaulted by Bill Crosby. I mean... Uh, it's, it's always those super clean comics. You always... Like, uh, like what Bill Cosby is doing is nothing compared to what Jeff Dunham's doing to those puppets. You know? <laughs> uh, the clean uh, comics have the uh, Yeah, yeah. Streets. Seinfeld's got some weird shit. Jim Norton's on. admitting to paying to women for women shitting on him. And Bill Cosby's like, hi, Car-, and fucking yeah, yeah. drugging. And I'm not, allegedly, I don't know what Bill Cosby's doing. Um, so back to this uh, point of, of um, so like when you're drinking, it, it's hard to imagine like yourself, when you're sober, like you have a very good idea of, of, um, of the direction. Like, like you can kind of anticipate um, like the sort of person you'll be when you're drunk but you can't figure out like uh, we we often misperceive the the magnitude of of which like we see other people like 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 so so when it comes to stereotyping or whatever you might be sort of right in in that there are some of these differences but the magnitude of them is way blown out of proportion most of us are kind of the same and we do yeah. the same thing with these different um personality traits and this idea of of uh, being able to predict what that's going to be that guy dan Ariely that that i told you about um on my podcast he talked about one of these amazing studies and i um i'm just going to tell this one just so we can uh get a quick chuckle uh i mean um and it'll it'll uh 
be good at illustrating the point. So, so he, um, it's just about how we can be primed in different ways. Uh, what he did was he had people fill out um, different moral um, standard. They're like, rate yourself one to ten. How likely would you be to, um, you know, sleep with someone on the first date? Sleep with someone, uh, have unprotected sex. How likely would you be to have sex with someone that's had a few too many drinks? Like, start starting from like some stuff that's yeah, uh, you know, one night stand. You know, that's yeah. not really morally all, all all the way to like having sex with a dog or whatever. Yeah. Like all sorts of things, and and men would fill out um, uh, kind of like what you would expect. You know, not. Uh, no, nothing too crazy, just kind of what you would predict. Uh, uh, you know, can be a little shady here and there yeah. sometimes, but nothing too crazy. Well, then what they did was they had another group of people um, that were that would be in front of, and they got them like laptops covered in plastic and everything, and and they would show them porn on this laptop, and these questions would come up during the porn when you have an erection when you've been primed for mating and they they'd have guys like masturbating themselves basically they'd be like uh one you know press this button like one through ten like how turn one is like flaccid ten is coming like uh, so guys count up like one two three four as they're jerking it right And and then they get to like eight or nine and they go stop and they have them fill out the survey with like blue balls essentially and every guy's like yeah i'll fuck whatever like give me. <laughs> and, and you you can't the point is is you can't anticipate like the choices that you'll make in that moment because you you think you know how you'll behave but yeah but uh, the the way that your brain can be primed and pulled and when you are like i always go back to and i don't i feel like i've never been you know more uh more pumped and primed than like when you're a kid and your hormones are raging yeah. and your parents leave you alone for the day and yeah. you're like and you got the house to yourself and everyone's gone and as they're like uh are you good here by yourself in your head you're like oh as soon as everyone leaves i'm masturbating yeah. like <laughs> uh, like the second they leave and you're literally like as they're walking around the house you're like get the fuck out of here yeah, everyone yeah. get the fuck out and your body's getting pumped and primed and then when they leave that panic and I, this sounds so weird but like like that just like I want to put my dick in like I want to put my dick in something brand new like a cantaloupe or, or like like just in your head you're like there's I wish there was something I wish there like and like the concept of of having sex was like so foreign to you because you were young but you're like I want I need more than just my hand I need something I need I need a Vaseline I need what's the best Vaseline I can get you know like that I mean it's interesting thank god i never got to that point it was like fuck it the dog you know yeah like, come here Harford, get over here give him something to chew on in the front i'll just take care of the back or what you know like i'm so glad that my brain does not but there are people who i'm sure oh when you're how on can the you not grow out on a farm and you're just like you know <laughs> like but like it's 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 1920 and you live 100 miles from anybody do you blame the guy for fucking a sheep yeah, it's it's tough to say. I, I mean, until until you're in that moment. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when you haven't been laid for, you know, um, I I so I've been I've been. It's it sounds very weird to say, but I've been trying to uh, experiment with just like I guess being celibate is what you'd call yeah. it. Just like 
just taking a break. I don't I don't want to date. I don't want to do anything. And what happened in the fall, like my set was coming along so well that uh, things were just clicking and I was just killing it and everything. And all of a sudden, I was just like, there's lots of girls coming up after shows and getting flirty and everything. And I'd usually just say I had a girlfriend or something like that just because it's easier. Like, I don't want to fucking deal with it. Yeah. Um, and Until uh, that one chick and- shows up and you're like... After a while, it was just like I got sick of like, you know, it's one thing to not be putting yourself out there. It's another whole other cognitive task to be like, I'm going to turn down yeah. <laughs> like an opportunity. Um, and just because I, I don't feel right. And, and I want to be off these crutches, too, before I start. I'm not in my peak, um, yeah. uh, you know, mating status or whatever the fuck you'd say. Um, and... And then, and I was like, there's like a couple girls on Facebook writing me and stuff too. And I was like, after what I'm trying to explain to this girl, I'm like, I appreciate it and everything. And you were great. You look great and all of that. And, you know, we can meet up for lunch sometime, but I just, I'm now I'm trying to explain like why I'm not taking a part of this mating thing. Cause I think yeah. it's all a fucking, uh, a, a bunch of tricks and, <laughs> you know, it is a bunch of tricks and, and 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 like the anticipation of 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 a relationship is way more way better than like what the relationship ends up being oftentimes i mean it's different like having a family and everything the else but for someone of a relationship is you're completely right it yeah. is I'll, I'll 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 correlate it to uh uh doing making a tv show the development of making a sitcom yeah. is a lot more fun than the actual shooting of a sitcom right the shooting of a sitcom there's so much there's so much letdown. You're just like, oh, this I know. Is, I loved the idea of talking about what what we do. I know. And now we're here, and I guess we're just making it. Ah, oh, fuck. We build everything up way too much in our minds. There, there's a great quote I heard uh, the other day, and it's a, a bit cynical and everything, but uh, the relationship is the price you pay for the anticipation of the <laughs> relationship. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and then I was talking to another guy about this, and, and he's like, uh, yeah, I, saw, I was driving one day, and there's like this cute girl at a bus stop, um and like i stopped and she's at this bus stop and our eyes met and for whatever reason i just like stuck my tongue out at her and then she stuck her tongue out at me too yeah and i just drove off and he's like and sometimes i think about that and i think that's the best relationship i ever had and i feel that way sometimes it's like you you think about like what could be and like uh so so here's what happened so I'm I'm like getting sick. I'm I'm wearing down. You know, it's getting. It's not like I'm turning down fucking tail every night or whatever. But yeah. there's just situations where girls were like flirting with me, maybe wanting to go for a drink or whatever. And I was like, yeah, no, you know, I, I can't. And I wouldn't. I didn't want to get into it. Um, and and I saw I was in Grand Rapids, and I saw this fucking girl at this bar and she hadn't she wasn't at a show or anything and i saw this girl and i was just like oh i'm in love like fuck and and just leading up to this i was like i was like fuck i'm worried i'll never feel love again because i see life like too mathematically i i'm worried i'll never feel this again i'm worried i will and like be and my brain will dupe me into doing things that ultimately i don't want yeah and 
and then I saw this girl, and I was just like, oh, I'm in love. Like, I'll move to Grand Rapids for this girl right now. Yeah. Like, I'll, uh, like, there's this fucking douchebag I can tell, like, kind of irritating. Uh, like, I'll fight this guy on Christ. Like, this isn't me. I'm not a fighter. And it's a... Um, it's amazing. I went up. I talked to her. It turns out she had a boyfriend. We're like friends now and everything. Yeah. But um. But, but, like that fucking moment. Like I couldn't believe what was going through my mind. Yeah. Um. And and uh, it's really interesting. Just the older you get, and especially with doing these podcasts and being able to explore more, I think we're able to become more mindful of what's going on. I've definitely got heads. more mindful. I've d- definitely got more mindful. I've gotten more um I've gotten more uh, not empathetic, but I've gotten more sensitive to other people mm. than I never was. I've gotten nicer from doing podcasts. I've gotten nicer and I, and yeah. I think it's from meeting people who give me perspective that I've ne- that I didn't have. Yeah. So often as a comic you just feel like you have this perspective, you go on stage and you tell it and, you, and because it gets to laugh and because you're hanging around other comics, you guys are all kind of, you know, doing the same fucking thing. You don't really open your eyes and talk about it's like you know when i say you know and i've on and i'll say this on a podcast uh up until i don't know how long ago maybe four years ago i would still say uh the word faggot like Mm -hmm. i thought that was i mean i'm saying four years ago i wouldn't say it all the time but if it it, i it was i think there was it was probably in my set like i'm I'm sure it was in my set at some point yeah i'm i don't really remember distinctly but it didn't offend me when i heard the word and I didn't, and I didn't have a problem saying it. And I didn't like it. Didn't really. It wasn't on my radar. Todd Glass came out of the closet on Mark Maron's podcast, and he explained why that word is offensive to him and why he doesn't like that word. And I, and it, and simultaneously, Rogan had said, "I'm going to stop saying the word," like on his podcast. And I, all that was like, Rogan's going to stop. That's so interesting. That's a, definitely a Rogan mm-hmm. word. You know, like you'd think that would. Come, and, he, and when he said that, I went. I was very mindful. I was like, "Well, how do my words affect people?" Yeah, like. And 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 that's podcasting. I mean, this is this is just what um, you couldn't do that on morning radio. No shit, I'm not shitting on my buddy Cowhead Show, or you couldn't do that on morning radio. You couldn't yeah. go to, into Todd and Tyler and go and 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 I mean, you could Todd and Tyler. You could you could do that on Bob and Tom theoretically, but they're in morning radio. Yeah. It's very it's a very different medium where it's like you got a five minute break. You can't go into great detail about not saying right. that word. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think what you experience is what a lot of academics would call uh, just a, you had a, like a real faggy breakthrough. <laughs> uh, you know what? I said to someone, I said to someone um, that sadly, with that word specifically, because it's been out of the vernacular for like out of the the, the collective unconscious yeah. for the past say four years. Sadly, they've kind of aged it like a fine wine. So when you do hear it, I mean, I am still, I did use that word for the majority of my life. So when you do hear it, a guy say it, ironically, at the the perfect time at a party, it's 10 million times funnier. Oh, yeah. Like, you're like, holy shit. I like, but if you heard someone say it, like, it's like listening to like John Mulaney do like old timey, he uses like a lot of old timey words. And it's just like funny to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but it's, 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 I feel like that, uh, that word, if someone said it, I I forget how they said it, but they said it at a, at a dinner party, uh, the day I got back from Vietnam 
And someone, but just like you, just like you did it, just like you did it right there, they've aged it so you don't expect the word yeah. anymore, which makes, com- which makes comedy when you don't expect something and it shows up. That's when it's fucking at its funniest. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm looking forward to a world where we aren't, um, you know, discriminating each other based on our differences because I think um, I think differences. I, I mean, we right now we're going through these PC growing pains where it's like, hey. Uh, uh, you know, we can't treat each other like we're different and everything. And that's because when you, in our society, when you treat someone differently, what you're saying is one is better than the other. Yeah. And instead we should be talking about our differences and like, this is what, what enriches our lives. This is part of how we we're got so here. so far removed, I believe from this plantation owner, white person. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I am, I do not see a difference between like me and my buddy Omar. Like we're both dads, we're both in this business, we're both trying to make a living. And when we go drink, I don't think race comes up at all. Like, like w- w- he called me the other night. Omar's a, a cookie on Ray Donovan. He's in the new Selma movie. Uh, he's he was on Eastbound and Down. He's on my podcast. He's a good friend of mine. And he called me up the other night. He's like, uh, uh, "Are you in LA?" And I text or texted me, and I text him back. I go, "Yeah, you." He's like, I'm a Pat's drinking. And I was like, I'll be there in five. And right. so I go over. I, and in a weird way, I, I was certain he was going to be with all black dudes because all his friends are black. I didn't, But I didn't, it, I didn't think of that walking over there. And when I sat down with him, I didn't bring that up once. I didn't talk. The fact that I'm talking about it now maybe is a little racist. But but like I but I don't I we're so far removed from what uh like what is and you know what's so funny the whole about that whole interaction like we hung out all night we hung out until like two in the morning and they were playing old school hip-hop on the on the dj was playing old school hip-hop mm-hmm. and i was i am a hip-hop aficionado and I, I if you tell me i'm into hip-hop i go i'm really into hip-hop like i've been into hip-hop since day one i've listened to all of it and i and i've got a i'm a sommelier of hip-hop i know good hip-hop. i've been getting into some really weird stuff lately i almost yeah. gave up on hip-hop and then i got into this stuff that uh that's like really opened my eyes to like what, what is right? that the minnesota um no uh this uh, deltron Thirty Thirty. no you ever heard of it uh-uh. it's this dude he's um uh He's the rapper. He's best known for. He's on the Gorillas song Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Um, Someone uh, just sent that to me. Someone just sent that to me the other day, and was like, "Oh, I was, I was talking about listening to music, spinning out." And someone's like, "I think they sent me that exactly." Yeah, it's this guy Del the Funky Homo Sapien, and he and he did these two concept albums. He's in this band Hieroglyphics, and he does all this other stuff, but he did these two concept albums um, where it's him rapping, this other guy made this music, and it's like Orwellian rap set in the year 3030. And it's like him rapping about like these corporations have taken over and stuff. And, and, and uh, Can I get this on iTunes? Um, yeah, album? yeah, yeah. And, and it's on like Spotify and everything else. What I'm listening yeah. to Sturgill Simpson. Rogan turned me on to Sturgill oh, Simpson. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever listened to Sturgill yeah, Simpson? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just started. Uh, his song. Um, wait, what, what was the song? His song, Live in the Dream. I love this song. I'm not sure I've heard it. Oh, I love it. Listen to the lyrics. This is what I, I consider amazing songwriting. Time and time again, Lord, I've been going through the motion. It's 
I just love You ain't living the dream Like make a big old You ain't got no cream I fucking was listening to this last night just howling it because I love I love that he's got like there's a bunch of songs on his what I do with people is I buy their shit on iTunes and then I look at the the top most downloaded songs and I put those in a playlist and that's how I get into the artist yeah, yeah. and so that's one of the top most plays so he's amazing um god damn it uh, I want to buy that album now. What's the name of it? Deltron Thirty Thirty, and you have to get the first one because it's like a narrative, and then because the second one is like ten years later, and the whole story is like, you know, society's back is falling apart, and these heroes, Deltron and Dan the Automator, like no one even uh, there's rumors that maybe they're coming back, and no and no one knows about it, and then they like are coming back to return so to save the day. Deltron and, uh, Thirty Thirty. The yellow one's the first album. Um, let me see it. Yeah, cause, yeah, one, yeah. And event, then the, event two is the second album. Okay, so I'm going to buy both of those. And um, so, so it, but what I was going to say about hip hop is, and about differences is, um, I I really find myself to be an aficionado of hip hop. I mean, like if you said, oh, do you, you ever listen to the DOC? I'd be like, of course, of course I did. Yeah, but until I was with a bunch of black dudes. I didn't realize how little hip hop was had affected me um uh spiritually mm. in the, in the fact that they knew every lyric to any song anyone could have ever played and they were they were telling stories about the first time they heard it and who introduced them to it and I was like oh shit man like I don't think I never realized how little hip hop was meant for me I don't. I never realized how I just had kind of grabbed on to the the side rail of a, of, a, of the hip hop train and kind of been along for the ride. Yeah. When a guy like Omar was fucking throwing coal in the fire to make the train go, and I was like, "Oh man!" Like it was really eye opening. And I was like, and I was very fucking drunk. That was like the other thing I know. Like one joke I wrote about black people. I was like, "No wonder." I to them I said, "No wonder you guys all have diabetes. These shots are sweet as fuck." Like, <laughs> don't you guys ever do tequila shots? We're like doing like like Washington apples, and I'm like, "Motherfucker, Omarni's like it's amazing, right?" And I was like, "Like they were drinking this uh, this this brand new um, Maker's uh, not Maker's Mark uh, Crown Royal that's like apple flavored." And I was like, I cannot, I can have one of these, and then I feel fucking my teeth are rotting. <laughs> but, uh, but it was really fascinating experience, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Once again, that's probably I was taking perspective, not getting perspective. I love that getting. I love when I learn something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it changed the way that I looked at things too. Once I started thinking about that and and uh, hearing about it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I'm not a big music person, but just lately I'd been doing more driving than usual, and um and there's only so much I can listen to audiobooks before they'll put me to sleep and you know cognitively exhausting. But um I uh it. Hip hop's cool because it's like um, it's very a lot of it's very kind of uh, straightforward and very like real. Like I, I Nirvana was my first love, but um, 
Kurt Cobain, he would say like something really profound in one sentence, and then the next sentence, it'd just be like, uh, here's here's a whole bunch of nonsense because fuck you, you don't get to predict like yeah. where uh, my brain's coming from. Yeah, it, 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 the the interpretation of of what Nirvana was, you're that's a I never really looked at it that way. Uh, it, I would I had an, I would interpret uh, Guns and Roses and Nirvana, even as straightforward as Guns and Roses was. Yeah. Welcome to the Jungle, but like Sweet Child of Mine, I interpreted that song to be something about me that I needed in life. I was I believed that song was about Michelle Tamayo. I definitely believed it because I heard it and right. it meant that to me. Um, and hip hop is like, no, I'm telling you exactly what you need to interpret. Right. Like, 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 yeah. I, and, and I mean, I think it's a lot more straightforward. Yeah. It's very straightforward know. and literal. Yeah. And, and like this Deltron that I, I got into was, was cool because like so much of rap can be like bitches and hoes and shooting. And, yeah. all and this is like, this dude's just, it's like a comic book. It's like he's <laughs> rapping really a cool. comic book. It's like one of the fucking coolest things. I'm like, wow, this can can be anything. It's like podcasting, and and I and I still want to hook you up with Duncan so that you and Duncan can do a podcast together because I think you guys have so you guys are you guys might implode. Um, <laughs> uh, but one of the I, I would love that. But one of the things that I love about Duncan is you know he came in here and he was he sees the world like I don't see it. I love being around guys that see the world very differently than me i also love being around tom segura who sees the world identically as I yeah, see yeah. i mean there's ve- something very calming and when reassuring. i'm reassuring when i'm going through like i'm going through some stuff right now with like career stuff and I, I love calm buns and just being a sounding board and and sometimes it's like we're so similar he sees stuff that i am like i remember one time he was like you you know you burp a lot and I was like, what? Like, Duncan would never say that. Duncan would never notice that. Tom's like, you burp non-fucking-stop. I was like, seriously? He's like, non-fucking-stop. Mm. It's because like, we're so there's so many similarities between us. But Duncan said about the thing about podcasting and what he loves about podcasting is you can do anything. There's yeah. sky's the limit. You could do anything. That Deltron 3030, you could do something identical to that. Look at uh, Nightgale, uh, something at the Nightgale. Have you listened to that? No. It's a, it was the number one. It's the number one rated podcast probably in history. Um, welcome to Night Vale. Uh, what's the concept? Try it for your next. Just, just start listening. All right. I don't. I mean, I, I have a. It's set in the future. I think post Armageddon, and it's all the news clippings. It's like, hi, Night Gale. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, as you know, the uh, high school has been lit on fire. It's all. It's but it's it's story wise. It's it's telling you a story about. It's it's a narrative. Yeah. I love that. And I, I've wanted to do that. For my podcast, I wanted to do a side podcast where I do an like. There's a ton of things, but there are no fucking rules, and that's what makes us this 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 thing so cool. Paul Go Martin's talking about mental health on his podcast, mental illness, and and then Joe's talking to scientists and hunters and anyone. There's no fucking rules to what yeah. he's doing, and 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 I, I just think that's so fucking badass. So I'm excited to listen to this. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too, because we are talking about, like, you know, being able to be genuine and everything else. But I I definitely have lately, um, I have been more open to um, reading messages from, like, metaphors, from, like, like, I never read fiction or anything. I never, I always, like, kind of considered uh, fiction on TV a waste of time, even though I like it. I get into it, but it's like, I feel like I'm wasting time and, and, um... 
and and lately i have been um thinking a little more about how uh, how you can get all of these various metaphors from life from just like oh. hearing about rap in the year 3030 and he's rapping about like fighting aliens and stuff and i'm like oh this is like really telling about uh part of the human condition it's really it's- telling about uh telling really telling about uh, the black experience in America is not all all black people believe the one who hear about shooting guns and but right. like, there are people that like the Wu Tang Clan as as I, I think they there were there was a mystical uh, mysticalness to them about creating diff- a different genre a different world that that was really cool I hung out with, uh, with I think Dell did some stuff on Wu Tang too maybe. yeah I'm, I'm not sure about that. I'd love I'm so excited to l- I'm listening to this I'll listen to them I got a fucking 34 hour flight to Africa. So, Whew. when yeah. are you doing that? I don't know. It's to Sunday. Oh wow! I know. I'm fucking stressing because I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't health up this week. Mm. I like. I like to come home and health up and like get in good shape. Get ready. Not drink. Get on the flight, and then that'll be. That's the unhealthing. Mm-hmm. So I have like this. This I have this sway of I'm healthy for the first week on the road, like running and stuff. But then it kind of overtakes you, and the the wave crashes. And towards the end of the trip, you're not working out in the morning anymore. You're sleeping right. in. You're eating shitty, and it's too hard on the road. It's tough. It's tough. But you know, I fucking I'd rather I like it this way. I mean, I like what I like life. Yeah, you know, I'm happy. I'm really a happy person. That's awesome, man. Not a lot of people can say that. I mean, I I don't know what my uh, feelings are about life. Uh, you told me I could sit down. If you told me in college, hey, man, you're going to have an opportunity. I mean, th- think about this. You're, you're going to have an opportunity to travel the world. You're going to travel the world. You're going to do a, a, a bucket list of things that honestly will take four years, seven years to accumulate. Mm. You're going to do them all the fucking time. That's all you're going to do. You're going to do... Also, your passion. You're gonna you're gonna get to pursue your passion, which is stand up comedy. You're gonna get to make uh, thousands. I'm not gonna say millions, but thousands of people to laugh every year. You're gonna enjoy that. You're gonna make a lot of good friends, and you're gonna have a podcast. You don't know what that is yet. But you're gonna hang out with fascinating fucking people and grow your friend base exponentially on on real things into the place where you like 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 today's conversation. Yeah. Dude, one of my favorite. I mean, and it, a little bit it's you, you know, because you there is a genuine, there is a genuine bounce in your personality. Like your personality bubbles. It, I love it more than anything. I want to fucking go on a road trip with you. I want to get. I want to get high and I want to bago with you. Like, like there's you just like like when I said the very fucking beginning of this podcast, I go. I was like, I never even got this stat out. The number one reason for falling out of trees, and you're like confident. <laughs> but like, it's it's snakes, by the way. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, people sense. think a, a branch is a snake is a branch, and then ah! and then fall out of a tree. Oh and my! I learned that on God. Discovery, I think. But uh, but yeah, it's That's like amazing. It's like I really am a happy human being. I'm very, I'm very fulfilled. That's right awesome. Now. Yeah. So I don't know. I you know. This has been a blast. I, yeah, I, and I mean, again, that, that's like, uh, that that's, God, it, it just like, you know, hold on to that, but try not to, be, it doesn't need to be that effortful. Yeah. But that, that, that's, yeah, it, it's been a lot of, I've been thinking a lot about, like I said earlier, the difference between like what's real and what's not and how much it matters. And there's, um, 
it, you know, this is this is weird. Um, when we were talking about talking to plants earlier, yeah. I'm, I've been a little bit in my head because I'm like, ah, some people are going to be like, why are they talking to plants? No. The, but um, I was I never got to tell you I I got fucking wasted one time and ended up talking to my jasmine because <laughs> I was like I was like you know what I know they can hear me and then I went I walked, talked to all my ficus yeah, yeah. and I talked to my, and I told I pumped up the guys that needed the pumping and I told them you know listen guys. We got some stragglers on the end. I need you to help him out. Give him some sun. Get out of his way. Let him breathe. Let him. I know that you're taking a lot of water. I can see it. And then I go down to the guy, the last ficus on the very end, and I was like, "Listen, you're my baby. You're my like." And I and I talked to him. And then I talked to all my jasmine. It's not fucking. There's nothing fucking wrong with that. No, no. I, absolutely not. And uh, if you do think there's something wrong with it, well, you know what? Go out and talk to a fucking plant and and just see how. Don't let yourself get creeped out by how fucking weird you're being. Let yourself do it, and you will fucking enjoy it intensely. Yeah, p- parts of you, you allow parts of yourself to come out. I, I was, um, so I don't think I talked about this last time, and it's it just, uh, uh, this is another thing that's shifted the way that I look at uh, things, and, and maybe explains some of the emotional states on, like, mushrooms and talking to plants and everything. So there's this, uh... I'm forgetting the scientific term. Doesn't matter. Um, it's it's nicknamed the imposter syndrome. Yeah. And what'll happen is a guy will um, uh, like a a good case study of this. And this is something that happens um, to people. It, it's rare, but it happens all over the place. Uh, guy guy gets like some blood clot or something. It, it goes up into his brain. Uh, he has some sort of uh, hemorrhage or something. I don't remember the specifics. Uh, this guy, he's like a neuroscience student and everything, bright, bright young man, um, ends up going in a coma for a few days, uh, right? They don't know if he's going to make it. They don't know what's wrong with him. They don't know exactly what happened. Uh, he gets out. Uh, he wakes up. He's totally fine. They're running tests on him. He's just back to normal. This is amazing. Calls his parents. Hey, mom and dad, I'm up. Uh, this is, uh, can't wait to see you, blah, blah, blah. His parents rush there. His parents walk in the room. And he gets real weird. Just starts getting real fucking strange, around, and like, uh, like won't talk to him. Like, we'll kind of like humor them or whatever. But is just acting real strange. And then they'll leave. They'll call him on the phone. Oh, hey, mom, just like he always does. Just back to normal. And they come visit. Same thing. Gets real strange. Eventually, he confides in the doctor. He goes, "I know this sounds crazy, but." Those people that you saw, they aren't my parents. Like, they look like my parents and behave like my parents and sound like them. I don't know how this is possible. They must have gotten actors and, like, done plastic surgery. Those are not my parents. They're imposters. What they found out is that what happened in this clot is it severed this link to the amygdala. So the amygdala does a lot of your uh, emotional heavy lifting. And um, and it's taking in sensory information from your five... Uh, well, there's more than five senses, but anyhow. Um, you know, there's like sense of balance and other shit like that. But but anyhow, there's the, the information that <laughs> takes visual information from the eyeball to the amygdala was severed in his brain. So what happened was that his brain, uh, when, when he saw his parents, there was no visual information going to his amygdala. Therefore, there was no emotional feeling coming from the, his 
eyeballs from his visual world about his parents. And when he was on the phone, there was, so everything was normal. Now, when you think about your parents, whether you're conscious of it or not, um, you see them and there's this part of your brain that goes, oh, hey, these are these people that um, raised me and I love them. And I have, even if you're not saying that and you're not thinking it, it's always kind of there uh, on a a non-conscious level. So when this was severed, when he saw his parents, he didn't have this feeling that you would normally have that you might not even be aware of. And then when the brain goes, hey, why, why is this, why, why are we getting this discrepancy here between what would be predicted, what's supposed to happen, and what I'm actually feeling? And the brain has to come up with narratives to explain that. And the narrative that the brain comes up with is that these people are imposters. They must be imposters. Yeah. And uh, and now this guy was like way into art. Now he doesn't feel anything like when he looks at art and everything. Oh fuck! So here's so that so this is like a kind of a well studied thing. Well, this is what I came up with, and this isn't well studied. This is just me, um, just like uh, you know, taking wild stabs at life. But um, so when you're on. Um, psychedelics or or in various states or alcohol or anything else imagine if the opposite happened imagine if um the connections with the amygdala got stronger because chemically induced or whatever else all of a sudden you're on psychedelics and and it's like oh it's like everything's connected and i love this everything you see yeah you would have that strong emotional like the same feeling you would have for family now you would start perceiving everything as like oh i know this like plan. you watch a sunset this- and instead of, like like i i went to, i went to this place called uh Ernstlaw burns it's mm-hmm. in new zealand the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in my entire life it is i i i put that down as one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen in my entire life right where i just kept looking up going and i everyone was crying everyone was like this is gorgeous everyone was crying and i want i want my that connection to be stronger so that when i see that i feel more love absolutely and and that's like the exact point that I'm trying to make about like so is that real? There's an argument that that could be made that says no that that like on an existential level that's not real. But is it important that it's not real? Like your children are are parasites. Like, like children have have this um, uh, have pay a very high cost on uh, take a very big toll on an individual yeah. organism and our brains have to be set up and wired to uh get all these different cues there's there's like interesting um, oh that's wait that's fascinating so like so like a child is basically sucking life out of you it needs to it's it, it's taking time money it, yeah as much as stuff. it can and there and there's a lot of like uh and there's a lot of like um fighting kind of between like uh establishing boundaries you know they kind of want more and more when when growing up they'll they'll want and they got to figure out how much you're willing to give you know and you kind of have to cut them off at some point because you only have so much time so much energy so much money and everything else and they're trying to get as much as you can i want to strengthen that connection in that in my brain where like as opposed to severing it 
I want it to be stronger. Yeah. I wish there was exercises you could do. <laughs> uh, well, I imagine there are. I mean, there, there's got to be ways to, yeah, you can kind of rewire your brain in a lot of different, it's just like building better habits. But um, but the point is, is, is like, you know, who, who cares if, if your children are parasitic? Yeah. Like, you still get to have this amazing like one of the things that's makes life worth living is this amazing chemical reaction that watching we call giving, love and giving your bonding. child chocolate for the first time and watching the look on your face yeah so much fun and is any of that real mm, i don't know i remember but, i remember but, i did it to i did it to georgia i gave georgia chocolate for the first time yeah it was just me and her and i gave it to her and she went and she went <laughs> like her eyes lit up and then how I told old was her, she oh i'm gonna i'm gonna say i'm gonna say uh, I'm sure there's a time when you're not allowed to give it to them because I might kill them. But, uh, but I, I want to say maybe like two. Yeah. And uh, I know I know where we were, but I don't know how old she was because we were still in the downstairs apartment. Okay. But, uh, um, and I remember she lit up, and I told Leanne about it. And Leanne's like, "Why would you do that without me?" Yeah. I was like, "What do you mean?" She was like, "I wanted to be there when she eats. Like, I want to be there." When she gets to do these things for the yeah. first time. And Leanne, then Leanne gave her ice cream for the first time. I was like, wait, I wanted to fucking see that. I want to see that. So with Isla, we did. We were very cognizant to, like, we we definitely, I was there when she had jalapenos for the first time. That was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Isla's like, did I eat poison? I was like, no, I told you not to fucking touch those. Yeah. But uh, it's, it is. But like, objectively speaking, when you're detached, if you're, if you're like, hey, hey, Shane, quick. Uh, make an hour drive over to my place. I'm uh, I'm gonna give my kid tofu for the first time. You gotta see it. I'm like, uh, sorry, man. I got I got shit I gotta do today. Today's not a good tofu day for me. And uh, you, you know, but but because hey, quick, you my kid. By the way, I gave Georgia tofu for the first time the other night. And I, that's funny and she and she because she's been say we're singing this goddamn song i love tofu tofu in my mouth <laughs> i love tofu tofu in my mouth her and her her george her and island are two friends over and over and over again just over and over and over again it was me and my buddy tom and we took him up to we took him up to uh the trampoline park and they just kept singing it nonstop. Yeah, yeah. and i was like and and I, something's wrong with my brain. I don't know what it is, but if I hear something over and over again, it's it gets stuck, and then I that's oh, all that's I do. everybody. I, it, I hope it's everybody because yeah. I and, it, and I get obsessive about it. So I tell them, I go, don't fucking stop singing that song because like now all that's all now I can't enjoy the trampoline parks. Now I'm all, all the whole time I'm going, I love tofu, tofu in my mouth. So that night we ordered Chinese food, and Tom's ordering. I go, get just for the head, just get my kids tofu. I want my kids to eat tofu tonight. Yeah, yeah. And it's because they've never fucking had it. And I want this song to stop because they're not going to enjoy tofu. I know they have texture problems. So I give them tofu and Georgia puts it in her mouth and just the look was, nah. it was like, it was almost like, uh, like just watching a dude make out with a dog. And yeah, she yeah. was like, oh God. And Isla's <laughs> like, I don't want it now. And I was like, no, no, eat tofu. So it's so funny that you use that as an example because I gave them tofu and they were like, not, not, not what I like. And it was almost as fun as watching them eat chocolate. Uh, and, and I mean that's that's exactly I mean 
what what I'm saying where uh, the importance of like oh, we feel the need you gotta you gotta share this oh if everyone could feel this way I, I need to figure out a way to communicate this and that is part of our job to do that yeah. but at the same time it's like I don't give a shit about your kid eating tofu yeah. uh, but but like that's my reality and and the, your situation is you sh- and you shouldn't be embarrassed for singing tofu song that, that's like one of my favorite things about relationships is singing like goofy stupid songs yeah. uh like that and and just being a fucking weirdo and 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 you know and you get to enjoy that like you can't you can't just do that like hanging out with other people or whatever strangers or people yeah. that you don't know that well and and i think ultimately that's just you have to just embrace that like i'm going to appreciate this right now and i don't give a shit about like sharing it with anyone and making sure that other people are on the same page or thinking I'm crazy for singing about tofu mm-hmm. or whatever. You just yeah. have to um, enjoy it. Well, I have voiceover starting in in cool, nine minutes, so uh, this has been a fucking blast, man. I want to. I would love. Thanks to, for having let's, me on let's again. Do, let's podcast again when I get back from Africa, dude. Uh, I, I could, would love to. I when just, when, are you, when are you back? Uh, in a month. Yeah, you, you, you may or may not be around. I'll give you a text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a text. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, anything to promote? To, What's your podcast? Uh, the Here We Are um, podcast.com. Here We Are podcast.com. Um, it's on my website, Shane Moss, M A U S S dot com. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. But when you uh, go back really, on the road, what's that? Will you have any road dates? Um, yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to update my schedule today. Um, but I, I had to cancel some stuff. I'm, I'm doing like a, a bunch of loony bins coming up in February. I've oh, never nice. done them before. <laughs> and like, I don't know. Um, so I'm getting to go to weird places that I haven't been. And, um, I, I my, my, um, I'm recording my next album in Madison, April, uh, 2nd, uh, through four. So, I mean, I so, guess that would be the big thing that I'd want to plug. Everyone go out, support Shane, uh, check out his podcast, rate, review, and subscribe to it. Subscribe to it, rate, review it. Uh, that makes it visible on the charts, and that is where people will find it. And they go, oh, what is this? Yeah, I'm trying to do it all on my own, like a grassroots thing. And, and uh, you know, I'm going out of pocket and paying people to uh, do, all, you know, mixing and put together my website and all of that. And, and I just plug a charity each week on the episode. And, and I'm not on, like, a podcast network or anything like that so uh anything uh you guys can do to give it a listen i would appreciate it very much well this has been a blast it's been an it's been probably it it is i always have memorable podcasts with you definitively now because this is the first time i've ever cried on a podcast and man that was that was i'm i'm really happy that you shared that it was uh it was a good time thank you This episode was brought to you by The Machine.